Hey, Spit and Chicklets listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Did you know that this March, a whopping 86% of you will be sneaking peeks at the games when you're supposed to be working? It's the least productive month in sports, and Dave & Buster's is celebrating with an all-day $5 happy hour on March 21st for the first round of games. So ditch your second tabs for big screens, cold beers, and free Wi-Fi. But most importantly, stop pretending to work at the office and start pretending to work at Dave & Buster's on March 21st at participating locations only. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 254 of Spittin' Chicklets, presented by Pink Whitney from our friends over at New Amsterdam Vodka here on the Barstool Sports Podcast family. We're chugging through this no hockey time, but we all getting through it. Let's say hi to the boys before we get cracking. Mikey G, how you holding up, buddy? Uh, what's going on, boys? Was doing a little apartment cleaning today and found one of the original bottles of Pink Whitney from the first taste test. So, I think in about a few years, this thing's going to be worth like 10K, 15K. So it's a reserve. It's a reserve, baby. So we have some uh, Pink Whitney news. I'll let you guys get to that. But I just wanted to let you guys know that uh, I got a little jackpot over here for myself. All right, G. Good to hear, buddy. Save that for eBay in a couple of years. Uh, you'll make this guy proud next up. Paul Biznasty. Bis- oh, this on it. There you go. <laughs> quick little jab. Okay. No problem. Go. I'll take it. Um, whew, my girlfriend went back to Florida, so that's tough. Um, yeah. Now I'm all alone, so I'm getting a little bit crazy, boys. I've been doing more laps around my island in the kitchen, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll throw it back over to you, buddy. I, hey, listen, I'm I'm happy to see you though. I'm okay. happy to see I, you guys. I, be- I believe okay? you. All right, great, great to see you. Great to <laughs> Good see, to all see of you too. And last but not least, the wit dog Ryan Whitney. How you doing with the cabin fever, brother? Oh, I'm grinding away, guys. I'm really trying to stay positive, find that light, you know, go outside, enjoy enjoy the fresh air. But it's been, you know, there's moments that are very tough. But I do, I do have some great news. Ooh. I do have something that I'm going to lead off with. And everyone knows the story by now. I won't go into it. I won't tell it, you know, for the 47th time and drive you nuts. But in September 2018, I'm sorry, October, we started talking. Biz mentioned, let's do this drink. And all of a sudden... Come October of 2019, the drink was out there. The Pink Whitney, New Amsterdam vodka, spit and chicklets, barstool sports. Boom, we have a drink. And it's been great. It's been wonderful. But we had one issue. When was it getting to Ontario? I got emails from guys in London, girls in Stratford, (laughs) uncles in Hamilton, aunts in Windsor. Seriously, second cousins in Ottawa. Boys, it's there. (laughs) <laughs> it is coming. It is time. Saturday, March 21st, boys and girls. The Pink Whitney's in Ontario. And it's just like, it's been so overdue. I know you guys are the most loyal fans. You know, I love all the Canadian people that enjoy listening to our podcast. But Ontario had to wait, and it's now there. So that's great news for you guys. Go out and enjoy responsibly, okay? Now, I got great news for you, Americans. I didn't leave you out. I am American. Because guess what we got now? We have minis. And do you know what minis are? Where, where I'm from, I don't know what you call them, Ari. I call them nips. Yeah. Just, just the little babies. You know, the little babies that you could bring in, you know, to a, a tailgate, um, you know, to a concert. Just, it's the perfect size. Those are now available, or those will be available across the United States April 1st. So it's just... I think it's the perfect size. They're at the counter, right at the front. Can I get a little mini of Pink Whitney? Actually, I'll take 10 of them, please. Thank you. Well, that's what you'll be able to enjoy soon. 
Now, when, when I say let's go enjoy them and be social, right now we're currently in the social distancing you know, aspect of our new lives. So let's make sure that you're enjoying them six feet away from other people. But those two things have been so special. And in the end, the third announcement I have is that uh, we've teamed up with New Amsterdam and we're going to give back to the bartenders that are being really affected, right, during this whole shutdown that we're dealing with across the United States and Canada. These are people that rely on working and making money every day and tips. And you just, you've already heard so many stories about people really struggling already and, and restaurants having to lay people off. So, so what we're going to do is we're going to make a T-shirt. We're dropping a T-shirt on the Barstool Sports store. So we're going to be able to sell that all the proceeds all the proceeds are going to go to the United States Bartender Guild Foundation's Bartender Emergency Assistance Program. Oh, my God, guys. Jesus, that was a mouthful. But that is a nice hell of a... Nice read, Biz. Thank you. Hell of a program. Marbles in my mouth. Hell of a program that we're going to try to help and uh, get through these tough times. But some fun announcements with Pink Whitney, and we appreciate you listening to me talk and, and a And a very nice gesture by Gallo, because they're the ones paying for the shirts. And I'm going to throw it back over to you, Mikey. Yeah, because uh, we're also teaming up with Drizzly, so shout out to them. They actually delivered some uh, Pink Whitney to my apartment yesterday. I was slack and I needed some, so Drizzly came through clutch. And if you use the promo code BARSTOOL2020, you'll get $5 off your order. So uh, you must be 21 to order, but Drizzly's coming through clutch with the Pink Whitney. Right oh, now. that's big because then you can keep the social distancing. You get your booze and food dropped off. Exactly. Unfortunately, that's not available in Canada. Now, going back to the launch in Ontario. That's my home province. I'm very happy about it. I see people already. I know it says March 21st. They've sped up the launch instead of April 1st to March 21st. So most stores, most LCBOs, excuse me, will have it. Some LCBOs have already gotten it. So I've been getting DMs all day long here, and I'm very, I'm very happy about it. But it is hard to celebrate something like this during difficult times like this. You know, you don't want to be like shoving it in everyone's face, but. It's just nice that it is, you know, a beverage and some people do like enjoying those in their households, especially during a time like this in order to take their mind off things. So I am very happy about that. Um, Also, we know if this goes even farther that you guys are going to be creating are are craving more social, whether it's on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, We talked about those YouTube videos that we're launching. We got 35 in the bank. You guys are probably like, yes, we've been hearing about them like crazy. Well, we're in the process. I'm trying to line it up. So we're going to get brands to sponsor them. So we're going to have ads at the front of the videos and we're trying to sell four blocks of them and we're going to get a sponsor for each of them. And $10,000 will be donated by each of them to the ECHL player relief fund. So I'm in conversations with we them. want to get well these right guys now. paid. So listen, hear me out. Okay. So we're not going to shame anyone that we mentioned in the ECHL owners, some of them are, are just getting by. And now that they're not getting these ticket sales for the last whatever amount of games, that's what they'd plan on doing. Some of them might even have to shut up shop because of this, okay? I played in the ECHL. I played for the Wheeling Nailers. I was fortunate enough that I was on an entry-level contract. So even when I was down in the ECHL, I was making my AHL salary. And if something like this were to happen, I would have been okay. But I also play with guys who were making $250 a week. I think the price has gone up. Some of my league minimums like four, four or 50, but these are young guys starting out their career as I was, who are now in a very difficult situation. So some of them, they're not going to get paid for their last three weeks there. That might've been the difference in them renting an apartment this summer, paying for a better trainer, 
whatever it may be. So we figured as a podcast, we need to step up, help out the small guys, and we're going to donate as much as possible to the ECHL Player Relief Fund. So I got to talk to the ECHL more about that and who, how we're going to get the check to them and getting the brands on board. Uh, Can I Brands is one of the uh, brands that has already stepped up. Um, that's the part of the, the CBD company that I helped found. I figured, yo, this is a wellness product. This is like, let's, let's go here. Like these, these guys need it. It's a good look. And they said, sure. And we're going to throw 10% of all sales into that same fund. Uh, Boykies, I talked to Stapleton today. He said that they're figuring it out and hopefully they're going to be able to do so as well. So I'd imagine by next week, we do have our four brands and it'll be cool. I think we, and we're also going to do a t-shirt for that. I don't want this also to take a focus away from the, the bartenders guild one too. We need to do, we need to help out both and it's a, a good opportunity to, to do so. We're also going to be dropping a shirt. We'll wait on the shirt a little bit in order to sell more of the bartenders ones but also the proceeds to that will be going to that player fund as well. So hopefully the, all the guys can end up getting their last three weeks pay because who knows, maybe one of those players is a player that we can watch in the future that ends up making the NHL and we all get to enjoy that. So that, I'll leave it at that. We've talked enough about that back to URA. So let's help these guys out. All right. Well, we go from uh, good news to bad news, at least for me, Witt and Grinelli. Huge news, actually. That's why we're going to share it. Uh, anytime the greatest of all time switches uniforms at 42 years old, it's big news. And as everybody knows, Tom Brady is donezo in New England. 20 years here, nine Super Bowl appearances, six wins, four Super Bowl MVPs. Uh, someone asked me if I was sad about it. I said, no, I'm lucky I got to see it. If anything, I'm baffled why it had to happen, why it had to come to this. But what, what was your initial reaction? I wasn't surprised at all because you, if you were if you were keep, keeping up, there was a lot of pretty well known and respected sources saying he's not coming back. And then you started seeing the gambling lines, like the the odds where they the, it was it was showing like wow, this really this really might be a possibility. And then he went to that Syracuse basketball game with Edelman, and the camera panned over to him, and Edelman kind of mouthed, "He's coming back, he's coming back." And Brady like shook his head and was like, "No, he isn't," or whatever. Wow. I think people people said he might have said different things, but it 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 was just there was so much where there was so much smoke. I was like, "There's got to be fire here." And I I was I was sad in a sense of like it was like a happy sad. I started thinking about this guy's first Super Bowl title was my freshman year at BU. A bunch of us on one fifteen Bay State Road watching the game, going out to Kenmore Square, going nuts. I was 18, played the beanpot the next night, my first ever beanpot game scored, thank you. And I just remember thinking, like, this guy's now gone. It's my, I've lived, it's my life, it's half my life. And so just to see him, and I can't imagine Grinelli and the younger guys where they only know him, but to see what he did, it was a happy sad and, and just, like, so honored that we got to watch him and that this guy, like, the class he did it with, he, he was – he was like the perfect human. I mean, they say, well, Nick Lidstrom. I mean, this guy, is, everyone has skeleton in their closets, but Brady's is just, he just seemed like a great teammate, a great dad. Everything he does was just done to perfection. And, and I think it was just so cool for us to witness him become the greatest player of all time after being drafted that late and just basically like forging a career that'll always be known as, 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 is the best player that's ever lived. I mean, can you see somebody ever doing what he did ever again? Not you can't even find 10 good quarterbacks now exactly. in this league. Yeah, exactly. Plus, not drafted in the sixth round with my fucking physique to boot. <laughs> <laughs> I, Biz, I mean, 
did you always just kind of like, were you always in awe of him as a football fan? I'll always say this, and I'll say this about all sports, even when Golden State was winning. I, I always like when they're such a dominant team because I don't care enough about football. I love the Packers, and I hope they win. But if they're not winning, I kind of like when the Patriots keep winning because it's amusing to me to see that somebody's – it's like it's diabolical at this point, right? So this is – after, you know, thinking for you guys and being like, wow, like this – like what a fucking run. The, what a the run. Reason, the reason why it will never be done again is just the, like the amount of health you need in football, um, the, the amount how much everything turns over. It, 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 it's just like there's so many things that have to go right in order to win one of the fucking things. This yeah. guy's got six. It's, it's ludicrous, okay? But considering I've been hitting every marijuana strand of sativa in the, in the desert in the last week, and, and I'm bored out of my goddamn mind, I get thinking, oh, my God, like I, I cannot wait to get the behind-the-scenes story of this. Because there's way more there. They, I mean, Belichick. Oh, who? Thank you, Belichick. Did I say it right? Yeah. Belichick. Sorry. No, you got it. You got it. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you know, he said all the right things. There's some major, major tension going on there, right? So now it becomes a bit of an ego thing, where now Tom's like, I'm going to go to this organization that were basically bums. I mean, I think were they were they 500 last year, but it's been a long. They're horrific. Long, they're horrific. Okay, they're the Buccaneers. Go, they're they're hosting the Super Bowl, a Super Bowl this year. I don't think a, a a starting quarterback has ever led a team to the where they're hosting the Super Bowl to play at home, right? And now it's he's going to try to show people I ain't no systems quarterback. Watch this shit, and I'm going to a pretty smart coach and Bruce Arians who's going to allow them and allowed him to have a little bit of conversation in it where. Part of my the way I read this whole situation was Tom didn't feel like he had enough voice as far as the, how the offense was being ran. Am I wrong here? Because I, that was that was part of what he he was excited about that, and and a lot of people behind the scenes like Randy Moss commented on it how excited Tom's going to be to have more of a say. And then you got to think on the Belichick side of things, you're going to say, bro, watch this. I'm going to keep doing this. There's some major major ego involved here and i love every goddamn second of it i cannot wait to see how this plays out uh ra and wit will you guys root for the buccaneers oh i will root for tom brady every single game he plays until they play the Patriots, which they don't play next year yeah they play it they play them in new england oh the bucks play the patriots oh yeah oh shit oh i'm gonna eat the bill and you're going to eat yeah. that one. Yeah, it's six Thank months you. away. You shouldn't be expected to memorize a football schedule six months nope. away. No, nope. you're good. You're good, but I'm good now. We're even. Suck it. We're both minus one. Let's move on. All right. Yeah. Basically, Hold on. Yeah. I'm not done with this. Jesus <laughs> no. Christ. Let's move on. Biz, no, you, I meant take like... a seat. you take a seat with Polachek <laughs> and just let me continue to talk. Mikey, yes, I will root for them. Okay, I will root for them to win all their games. If me they too. play the Patriots, when they play the Patriots, I'll say now. I hope we win 77 to nothing and we embarrass them. That's just wow. how it rolls. I think that their relationship, uh, Belichick and Brady, I, I think it was just, it, 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 was, it had gone on long enough. It was, it was too strained to continue. Brady and Belichick's never wavered. He does not care. 
he doesn't when you were when you were he's a robot uh, when you were up, when you were going down and you've reached your peak and he can he considers you to be deteriorating as a player he, he's going to get rid of you he, he it, and i think that it just upset brady so much that it wasn't he never really gave in to him to, in a, in a way that he gave in to anyone else here's where i think the relationship went even more sour is when that uh belichick was forced to move garoppolo considering that Brady wanted to keep going. Brady had earned that right, and they would have looked like idiots if they would have moved him then. But everybody knew it was going to be this. So they basically gave up Garoppolo for two more chances at it, which I'm sure as Patriots fan, you're like, oh, he's earned it. But the robot side of it, Belichick was probably really pissed, and I feel like it got a little bit more resentful after that. You guys might think I'm dead-ass wrong on this, but I'm, I'm, I'm very interested at see, to see who the first one to balk is as far as maybe there's a shot fired. There's been no shots fired yet as far as comments. And I doubt it would be Belichick first. I could imagine when Brady retires, maybe down the road, he actually speaks what, what happened. It would be, wouldn't it be refreshing to hear exactly how it played out? Brady's first Super Bowl, he got the ball with a minute 22 or whatever was on the clock, and John Madden is on the telecast saying, you got to down the ball, go to overtime, and this young stud takes him on a game-winning, Super Bowl-winning drive, and it just, you you said, is this going to last? Yeah, it lasted 20 years, and he won five more of them, and he went to nine total. It was just something that you will never see again, so... Thank you so much for everything you gave us, Tom. And good luck next next stop in Tampa Bay. Wait, the best part of that story is Charlie Weiss saying the same thing to Brady, saying we don't have to do anything crazy. And then he walks away, and Drew Bledsoe looks at Tom Brady and says, fuck that, go out there and sling it. Really? So, wow. Yeah. So, like, a lot of people don't know that. Love that. And to, answer, to answer your question, G, any guy who wins one of my teams a title has a partner. I always root for him no matter where he goes after. Hey, any guy on the Bruins team, you just, hey, man, they, they got you a title, so you're going to root for them. As far as behind the scenes, if there wasn't drama, it could have just been, you know, Belichick has no sentimentality when it comes to fucking cutting guys. Like Wood said, he might have said, dude, I'll give you $18 million, but I'm not giving you 30 and that's the rumored yeah. number he's going to sign for. And, uh, you know, it's like fucking he didn't make an exception for Brady. He's just kind of sticking to what he's been always been, always been doing. I, I, I find it very hard to believe, even winning six championships in that period of time, that over the course of that relationship, that there's not things that are being resented towards one another. So yeah, it's, cool. uh, it's, 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 it was an amazing, amazing achievement. We may not witness a, a reign of dominance like that ever in the history of our lifetime, and uh, bravo to bo- both uh, sides of that one. All right, let's take it to the ice, uh, mix it up for what we're supposed to be talking about. What an old teammate he was. I know you weren't with him a long time, but uh, goalie Jonas Hiller, you probably hadn't heard his name for a while. He officially retired from hockey. Uh, he was an undrafted 25-year-old goalie playing in the Swiss League for six years. The Ducks signed him. He came over here. He played from 2007 to 2016. Seven years in Anaheim, two in Calgary, 404 total games. Nine uh, nine one four save percentage, two five five goals against, twenty three shutouts. Wait, he was a pretty fucking good goalie, man. He when he was on, it was it was insane to watch. He made it look so easy, silly cider, you know, lefty goalie. And when I got to Anaheim, um, it was kind of in the process of of him taking Jaguar's job a little bit, and and I don't know if that's correctly how I should say it but but he came in and was just so good in this run to the playoffs and we got to game seven of the second round against Detroit Dan Cleary scored under a minute to go 
But Jonas Hiller, that, that, that run I had with him, I mean, he was, he'd at 45, 50 save games, no problem. He was incredible. Before games, he'd stand on this one of those balance boards, Biz, and do exercises on it. Like, he was just uh, such an athlete and, and a great guy, too. He was just a, a fun guy to be around, and I didn't, didn't keep stay in touch with him once I moved on. But if, you, if, if I ever ran into him again, he's for sure somebody you could have an easy conversation with, uh, just a kind of an easygoing guy. And, and did he battle – he ended up battling um, – Vertigo. Vertigo, right? Yeah. When he was playing in Anaheim, and, and, it, and it was a shame because, like, he was on the way up. I mean, um, yeah, he was having so much success, and you got to wonder. Like, I don't know him personally enough to know how much that vertigo ended up affecting him long term. But, you know, you know, you always ask about guys around the league, and, and I never heard a bad word, just a, a really good guy. And, uh, and hopefully that it wasn't all cut short because of that, because that's a shame. He, I mean, you said it. When he came in, he, he, he was starting to dominate. Yeah, and like I said, he he went. Uh, he left the NHL in 2016. He played for four more years in uh, the Swiss league. At, what's it, Beal? Is that a Beal Hockey Club? Yep. And finished up. So, congrats to him on, on a nice career. I just want to we like to acknowledge guys when they finish up. So that's what we're doing here. We got a couple signings to uh, get you up to date on as well. A couple of college signings, undrafted free agents. Uh, Western Michigan hockey senior defenseman Cam Lee signed a two-year entry-level deal with Pittsburgh. Uh, contract will start at uh, the beginning of next season, uh, whenever that season starts. Uh, let's see, uh, per college writer, uh, Brad Schlossman, it hasn't been confirmed by the team, but he said the bees are going to sign Minnesota Duluth senior defenseman, Nick Wolf, six, four, two seventeen. Looks like he has some snarl to his game. Oh, wow. 221 penalty minutes in the USHL a couple of years ago. He had 80 penalty minutes twice in college. That's a pretty high number for college. That guy's, that guy's clogging the billet, uh, family's toilet. Okay. <laughs> Fucking that, that billet family there that, you know, you get the check every month for groceries. They're like, motherfucker, we got this guy. Oh, <laughs> he got that check in two weeks. Uh, not the- dumps clogging up the toilet. <laughs> fucking billet. You're fucking sick. They, uh, the Bruins did have another signing. Actually, this one got tweeted out by the University of Maine hockey team. They signed their fourth round pick on the 2017 draft. Maine goalie, Jeremy Swayman. I uh, played three years up in Maine, 47, 40, and 12. He'll basically get jump in with the uh, two other goalies down in Providence and however long Tuca plays for the three or four guys in line of battle for his succession. But uh, what else we got? One more. Buffalo Sabres signed undrafted free agent forward Brandon Barrow to a two-year ELC. He played four years at Penn State, was the captain last season. So good luck to those guys on there. Let's hope that guy like becomes another superstar because that fucking organization needs a bounce right now. Yeah. Although, like, <laughs> hey, man, if this continues, like, there's some there's – some, there's some like teams who dodge some some major issues this year. They get the, I mean, like I don't know, like I feel like Chicago this benefited them if it doesn't end up playing out, right? Because they need some guys to get a little better. They got, I mean, Stan Wilson's or not Stan Wilson, Stan Bowman's jobs kind of on the bubble, and there's a lot of people's jobs who, like, if you miss playoffs now, you might be gone. We saw we saw how many coaches are getting snipped left and right, and you still got Gallant ready for a job. Unless Seattle's ready to stroke him a massive check. I know I kind of went off the rails on that one. But you're good at that. Seattle, you're good at that. Speaking of Seattle, they're going to. Somebody said in, in the most obvious news ever on, uh, on Twitter today, they're going to wait to, to unveil the name, correct, RA? Yeah, yeah. I, was, I had that a little further down with that. Well, we, unfortunately, we have a coronavirus beat now. And I'm not trying to be funny. Like, there's so much hockey stuff that's tied in with yeah. the corona stuff. All so right, well, let's hear I kind of lump it all together. But yeah. Uh, 
Actually, boys, you just talk about uh, teams going up and down, Biz. What about players going up and down? Maybe a little bump or slump action or what? Oh, yeah, we got the EA. I mean, Christ, everybody's going to be on that, uh, the, whatever, the EA sports now because yeah. everybody's locked in their places. So everybody's probably playing this video game right now. Now, I got to give a little bit of a bump action here. I don't think we're going to be slumping anyone. Nice, uh, now. nice, yeah. nice. That'd be cruel. Players That'd be probably. mean. Jeez, you, I, mean, I know I said I would never. I would never. <laughs> so I'm going to be bumping a few guys here. So uh, EA Sports, NHL 20, Bobrovsky. We, did, we talked about the charity earlier in the episode. This guy donated $100,000 of his money to um, the, the arena staff there in, in Florida. So we're going to have to bump him to a 99. That's a very generous uh, gesture. I believe then other players started following suit. So that's just great leadership on his part, 99. Also, our buddies, Kevin Hayes. Keith Yandel. Wow, they're bored sitting at home too. Well, you don't think they're going to come on and entertain you? Well, before we do that, we're going to have to bump up up them to 99s as well. Jesus Christ spit it out, Biz. So there's three guys this time. They're getting 99 bumps. Every time I end up doing this, though, I get like these kids who don't follow me, who don't understand what the podcast is. Like, what the fuck is this? Why are you bumping this guy? And I'm like, bro, it's not that big of a deal. Okay? Like to the point if he had my address, he'd probably like come murder me. That's how intense these kids take these games. So thank you to EA 2020, and you get three three little bumps there. And uh, shout-out to whoever made those Spit and Chicklets jerseys. Those are pretty sharp. It's pretty wild to see. Uh, I feel like a proud pup when I see those on a video game, man. It's it's unbelievable to see that. Like They're the nicest jerseys in the game, too. I don't mean to pump my own tires here, but or our own tires. Yeah, they're pretty, they are. They're real sharp-looking. But anyways. That, should what, that should be what the e-bug goalie wears. We'll pay for the sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> Remember we talked about that? Oh, and by the way, uh, we should t- talk about the guests uh, we're going to get. I said yesterday on social media that we were going to put Brian Yandel and um, David Ayers. So we got the e-bug goalie. This is awesome. But because uh, I'll, I'll let Grinelli explain this. There's an issue with Zoom, and that's how we record our podcasts. Yeah, essentially the whole world is using Zoom right now. Uh, Zoom.us, colleges, businesses, basically everyone. So we recorded those interviews yesterday. So in the meantime, we're going to drop Josh, Josh Hennessy. Uh, but we do, we banked four interviews yesterday and, and they should be good to go by next week. But anyone out there who's using Zoom, do a local recording. Don't do a cloud recording. It will take over 48 hours to export. Wow, that's such a heads up play by UG. I have no idea what the fuck that like you just said right there. But it's it's crazy that the world has adapted in order to, for us to be able to survive in, t- like in today's world with what's going on. So stay at home. This is perfect, okay? This is, this is how the technology has advanced for this exact reason. So embrace it. I'll back, throw it back over to you, R.A. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I got some tough news we, we want to share as well. Uh, Cedar Rapids defenseman of the USHL, uh, Will Francis, he was diagnosed with leukemia recently. He's undergoing chemotherapy right now. Uh, he's a Minnesota Duluth commit, and he was drafted by Anaheim uh, sixth round in 2019. I, I know a couple of people reached out to you, and I, I know you wanted to share something with us. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had a bunch of his um, teammates from the Cedar Rapids Rough Riders and the USHL reach out to me and they said this kid is the best. They said he's a big fan of the show. So first off, Will, thank you so much for listening. It's unreal. But I'm being told just beauty. You know when beauty's thrown out, Biz? I guess this kid's an animal just trying to fight every game last year. Legit. 
So, I, I, I mean, is, is Aiden McDonough is a freshman at Northeastern Thayer Academy. Thank you. That's where the wit dog went. He's lighting up for Northeast this year. He played with this case. Like, dude, this guy tried to fight every game. Then they had a big sweep in the playoffs, and he comes buzzing into the locker room, riding a broom. He's running around riding this broom. At the end, he slams it over his knee, smashes it into pieces, and then fires it up into the ceiling like Clayton Kershaw throwing the pencils in that ESPN commercial, if you know what I'm talking about. Just an absolute animal. Everyone loved him, and and he got some really really tough news. And, and, and what, what happened was he was – he tore his meniscus, so he was going to um, – his season was over, so he went home and got surgery and then went into Duluth as a, you know, his first – his second semester this year was going to be his first semester. So that way his senior spring playing hockey he does, wouldn't even have to go to class. He'd get to graduate a little early. And he's rehabbing his knee, and he's going to start playing hockey next fall. And Duluth has a wagon, right, Grinelli? Yeah, so oh yeah, they've won a couple national championships in the past few years. So he wasn't feeling good, like his throat hurt and stuff, Biz. And he went in and saw the doctor twice. Ended up getting, um, they said he had like uh, tonsillitis, I think it was, S- something like that. Where, where, all right, well, my, his throat starts feeling better, but still, he was just tired and, and just not feeling great. And then actually, Friday, the March thirteenth, just a couple weeks back, he a couple days back. He went in there, and his father and him went to the hospital again, and they they did some tests and realized it uh, it was leukemia. So it's it's it's, a, it's it's just it's just such hard. It's such tough news. I can't imagine, Will, right right now, what what you were going through when you got that news. But talking to everyone, like this kid says, like I'm gonna crush this, and you are gonna crush it, dude. You are gonna kill this. I'm. I I have no doubt in my mind with what everyone's told me about you that you will beat this. You will come back stronger. You will come back as a better person. And and thank you so much for listening to us and know that we all got your back. And all these teammates reaching out to me just shows what you mean to them. And I think the type of guy you are and what you're going through right now is just going to, it's only going to help you be an even stronger person in the future when you're playing hockey again and you're realizing that you can do anything once you beat this. So thank you so much. We're all here for you. Well said, Wit. Nothing I can add to that. Very so well said. We're going to move I'm on. I've been crying now. Uh, move on to the news here. You all right, Biz? You all right, buddy? That was emotional. It is it's emotional stuff. Wow, know? it's been yeah, weird yeah, times. And then a you young hear person. That. Like, um, this kid, uh, dude, would come in and just go nuts in the room, I guess. Like, you got to love – everyone loves that. He's just – dude, they clinch playoffs. He bills, he bills Mafia at a table in the visiting locker room. Like, that's what you're going to do fighting this thing too, bud. So – we love you, and, and, and like we said, kick its ass. You, we know you will. So, and, and we will get you through it also, and I think I should now talk about the fact that Biz mentioned uh, staying at home, and I apologized before, and then I had the conspiracy theory. I, I now, as time has gone on, and I'm realizing what's going on with this awful virus, like I seriously, I am sorry before how I said. Like I, I can't even imagine the, the clip of me saying earlier a few weeks ago that we'll be in pussies about this. That is a misinformed moron who didn't know what he was talking about because now you see what's actually happening and you see like, oh my God, these kids aren't listening, but fucking A, is, is, is this becoming scary? And so I'm not, we're not going to Hawaii, obviously. I, I, I started realizing, you know, they didn't, we decided yesterday and then the, the Hawaiian governor said, please don't come anyways. It, it wouldn't even have mattered if we still did want to go. But you realize right now, staying at home, it, 
I think what happened was, Biz, my mom came over and said, Biz has been being so good about telling people to stay home. And he, you guys, you guys talk to so many people. And, and so I thought it's true. Like, if you guys are crazy enough to I'm, listen uh, to us. I'm just a bit, I'm a bit like, a, like, like I get more fearful than, than most, probably in, in my situation, just like trying to be like a tough guy or whatever. But like, I, I, I'm all about the karma where I'm like, I don't know, man, like Italy's getting pretty serious about this. Like, this is, you know, this is, not, this is not good. And like, what scared me the most was when, when you read the stat on how much faster it was spreading. So it was more about like, holy shit, man, like the healthcare system's going to get slammed. It's yep. gonna happen too fast. I didn't, that I didn't was, know any of that. I didn't yeah, know any yeah, yeah. of it. And Dude, so I, like, feel, I feel bad. I'm at so home all day on the, on my phone, right? So like I'm seeing this. So I'm following. And I'm like, I mean, this is this is picking up steam here. What is this over here? You, I mean. You're busy. You got the kid and shit. So when you came on and said it, but dude, by the next time, by the next time the episode came on, and that's when people were getting like told, "Hey, stay in your house." You were on the stay in the house train. Like you were like, "Oh shit, yeah, this whoa fuck." And yeah, then you said I know, that, but the dude, conspiracy just- theory thing, like, dude, I've read every conspiracy theory. I think <laughs> if you guys. I, I, I've like made my apartment a bomb shelter at this point, man. You like, actually can't see Biz, but he's got tin foil <laughs> he's wearing on the top of his head. <laughs> like I am fucking scared shitless, man. Like I'm like checking the stock market. Like I'm ah. Oh. So anyway, this is fucking like. Let's hope we can all laugh about this yeah. in like two months. But let's yeah, let's stay inside. Yeah, I think not enough people are listening as we've been seeing, you know, I know I've been, I was young, dumb and full of cum when I was 22 too. And if someone told me you don't go on spring break, I would I'll probably laugh too. But that, that clip going around to those kids at the beach and it's just like, come on, you know, it's like, yeah, you just can only shake your head. And like, for what we know about it now, it's like, you got to be crazy to fucking go, go to other places. The only thing that, that, that has annoyed me a little bit is that when you heard all of this stuff last week, I wish they'd just done what they did in terms of shutting things down a week earlier. We'd be a week ahead of it. It was now, now that you kind of saw what, what, what's happened and the fact that so many people said it was going to happen, it was like, uh, could we not just have gotten ahead of it a little bit? So that was a little frustrating. And then the other thing is you do think about the bartenders we've talked about and the construction workers. There's no construction in Boston now and all these people that are really hurt. And so you just got to hope it's as, it's, as, it's as quick as it can be. And it's as quick as possible we get back to, to, to life as, in a normal way. And actually, it was funny. Did I say what my mom said uh, to me? Yeah, you said business saying shit on Twitter. No, no, no. About oh. a couple, like it was <laughs> like a week ago. A week ago, she said that she read or heard on the radio somebody that said, um, we're going to, this is going to change our lives, the way we live our lives health wise, the same way that 9-11 did security-wise and, 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 you know, and border-wise. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's true. I don't think we'll ever live the same way that we did before after this. I certainly won't be. Like, I'll be washing my hands way more often. As far as what do you mean, the amount of people coming in? No, I don't mean that. I mean just health-wise, like how people take care of themselves and how, like, there's so many dirty, grimy people out there that don't wash their hands and oh, don't cover dude. their mouth when they sneeze. And, oh, and just, yeah. Just basically, like, living a more, um, what is the word, sterile life? Yes, I completely do. I shower twice a day. Like, I, I am really high up on my hygiene. Like, I, I wash my hands constantly. I would say 20 times a day. If I touch anything that had any type of like substance on it, right to the bathroom. Like I am a fucking, well, I might take it to the extreme. I I would consider myself a little OCD. 
I heard this other, um, I was talking to a woman and she made a comment and she goes, I think this was mother, mother's nature's way. Mother's of, nature. <laughs> sorry. If I, oh God. I'm trying to be all like serious. And I talk. There's like just that. one like, mother nature, guy. dude. <laughs> it's, oh, not a, it's not a couple. This is the, this is the side piece of mother nature. Uh, but, uh, well, fuck, I lost my train of thought. She said, this is mother nature's way of like slowing things down because China had to shut down all the factories did. And all of a sudden the smog went away and like the fucking earth got to breathe a little bit, man. Listen, some people like even a scientist might be like, dude, that's like the dumbest shit. Like some lady said that online. That doesn't even make sense where like, it's still staying in here. I don't know, but I thought it made a little bit of sense where it's like, Hey, let's fucking Let's take a little bit more care of this earth we're living on, you know? Biz is going to gonna... sleep in his closet by the end of this. <laughs> Curl up in a ball. No, come Biz on. Is gonna have an to... alarm. Biz is going to have an alarm company come over and alarm his closet door. <laughs> listen, I'm not being a hardo. I'm saying, listen, maybe we should kind of let... I might get a refillable bottle after this fucker. Okay, you, you know? do your part. Right, I'm saying? I'm not going to go full... Um, Joaquin Phoenix on you. I'm not going to talk about the, the, the milk and shit. I'm going to say, yeah, I might use a reusable fucking bottle. Might, might walk a little bit more than drive around. Yeah, the scientists, I mean, in, you know, doctors in this field, they've been saying for years, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when something like this happens. It was, they've been talking about it for years. And yeah, we, we, this uh, country should have been way more prepared and had things, you know, we should be leading the fucking charge in this stuff and we weren't. And that's been kind of depressing to see. But like you guys said, fucking stay and listen to people. Stop, you know, stop going out. And this is, this is a whole new world right now. It's like desperate times call for desperate measures type of thing. So stop fucking around and pay attention and do what the fucking people are asking you to do. So. And, uh, and, and someone else made a comment about it saying like, like people aren't used to change, right? They don't want to be taken out of their rhythm. They fucks with them a little bit. I mean, look at what's happening. Everybody's freaking out. Where it's, I mean, of course, the, even the financial side of it is, is one thing alone. So, um, like you said, stay inside. Let's figure this thing out. It'll be gone in, in no time. And yay, we're happy. Shifting over back to the hockey, but it's uh, Corona style news still. Uh, per a team release, an unnamed Ottawa senator did contract the virus. Uh, it was the first positive test in the NHL. They said he had mild symptoms. He's in isolation. So, I mean, it probably was a matter of time before that happened. Uh, per Chris Johnston, he uh, tweeted that the NHL has issued new directives to players. They're permitted to go home to any country and must stay in self-quarantine until the end of March once they get there. Uh, and today, my stunt double, NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly, he was on uh, Pierre Lebrun and um, uh, Scott Burnside's podcast, Two Man Advantage. And he said that the league is, uh, absolutely does not want to mess with the 82-game season next year. Uh, that's a priority for the league. So you're hearing people talk about extending the league into possibly July, August, September. But the, the league is like, no, we, we want to make sure we get an 82-game uh, season next year, his quote was, the only definite for us is we certainly don't want to do anything around the resumption of play this season that will impact our ability to have a full season next year. So we'll obviously keep keep an eye on things. That's what we do here. Uh, uh, th this yeah. is going to be such a difficult situation to figure out. So people, basically since the last podcast, when I said the best of five, there's just going to be no way. There's going to be no way. So the hardest part now is, is how they're figuring out the asset situation. So it's like, this is, this is going to be so difficult. And, and I hope every, I, I hope not one organization gets a really raw deal out of all this, where it's just like, Oh my God, it sets them back because that sucks as a fan base to get affected by this now. But, uh, 
good luck to the league on figuring that one out. That's <laughs> that one's out of my pay grade. We we interviewed Kami uh, last night, Tuesday night, so that'll be coming out soon. So you'll kind of hear me say this. Then I apologize, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna be shocked at this point if we see hockey again this year. And it's the worst news, and that's the last last thing any of us want, anyone listening wants. But man, these guys, there's no gyms open anywhere. You can't you can't go outside. You can't like if they're staying in shape, it's in their it's in their garage or in the gym in their house. They're gonna get their last paycheck. Guys traveled all over the world to get home, and then you can already say that. Maybe mid-May you can start something. Can you guys every everything that's going in mid-May and June is already getting canceled. So the earliest would the earliest I could even think of is May fifteenth, and I don't think that's going to be the case with the NBA saying their earliest is June tenth. And then you get into the the what the playoffs would be, and it just if they want eighty two games next year, I just don't see it working out. I hope to God I'm wrong shouldn't say god there's more important things he's got going on right now but i hope that it doesn't happen but i just i just can't see games i can't see any more hockey this that season, was a good guys. save there yeah well we'll fucking keep an eye busy you just mentioned assets the interestingly the swedish league they put a, a signing moratorium in effect um basically the teams won't be doing any transactions with the exception of rookie contracts obviously they're new to the league. They're not moving team to team, but basically, no moves are going to be made in the Swedish league. So it'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. if that if if that has some not effect over here, but if something similar happens over here at some point. All right, and um, I kind of didn't really explain why um, I was saying the thing about David Ayers and Brian Yandel, but we had a nice interview in the bank, and it's Josh Hennessy. This is a guy that Witt knew, who we interviewed live in person in Boston. He will be our guest on today's podcast. And he had, he had probably one of the longer, more in-depth Russian story that we've heard. And this is involving the crazy owner. Now, we've talked about the crazy owner on this podcast before. He owned the team where he always he wanted a, he wanted the crazy guys on the team. So at one point in time, I think Yablonski, Morasti, they had like four heavies on their team. And if games would get out of hand, it would just be a brawl, Okay. I've heard stories of this guy, this owner, walking into the locker room, I think I've said on the podcast, with like an AK-47. And, and then coming down at a, during a game and threatening a referee that he's going to kill his family if he calls one more penalty on his team. And that mutant team just ran around the rest of the game killing guys, and they didn't have one penalty against them. So this, you're going to get a good story. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, what a great guy. Handsome bugger, too. I mean, he's a, he's a stallion with, he's a man rocket. Well said, Biz. And uh, on that note, we're going to send it over to Josh Hennessy right now. Very, very pleased and honored to be sitting in Boston today. We got all of us together getting some interviews down. And we got a good friend of mine right now in here. Josh Hennessy, born and raised in the Boston area, born in Plymouth, raised there, then moves to Rockland before starring at Milton Academy, going on to play in the Quebec Major Junior League. And I'll have everyone know, picked two spots ahead of Patrice Bergeron. Whoops. In the 2003 draft. The whoops. And also, before we get to Josh, we have to mention that because of Tim Stapleton, or because of Josh, I know Tim Stapleton. So Josh basically brought him into the world. MVP. For all Everybody, our, you're welcome. For all of our fans. So, Josh Hennessy, thanks a lot for coming in, bud. It's about time, Wit, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, we were at a bachelor party a couple summers ago, and I said, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to keep growing and building, and then we'll get you in here. So it worked out good. You had to wait until you guys were so big that people would listen to anything. 
<laughs> That's basically what it was. It was like I can't have my friends on until we have listeners that will Whoa. just listen no matter. Can't what. have your friends. On. You had like people know fools. <laughs> Like be wise yeah. now coming in in case I suck so you guys have something to put on. <laughs> I could see I could see yeah. why you'd be offended. I know by that. I'm low on the list. But like I, if you introduce Tim Stapleton, you already have the spit and chicklets mob slob in your knob. So uh, yeah, they know. Was that, was that a little you're, bit of a word play there? Didn't know it. No, that yeah. sounded phenomenal. It's more that the fans are thinking, oh my god, without this guy that we're about to hear. Yeah. We would never have stapes. So already you're Absolutely. at a seven, and you haven't yeah. even told a joke yet. So you better get cracking, which is nice. Yeah. No pressure. <laughs> you like got the assist on the MVP. That, well, first, so kids that I was telling you guys, it's a huge compliment to you guys. Kids that don't even have never played hockey, listen to you guys, and are at keep hearing Wit bring up my name apparently. <laughs> And they're like, when are you going on? When are you going on? And I'm like, I don't know. Like in between McDavid and when they bring Gordy Howe back from the from the dead. God bless. Yeah, they, uh, people are asking you like, I don't know. I'm holding out for summer of 2025. I just said I was negotiating my terms. Exactly. Um, but so no, thank so you for finally. We, me well, out. we appreciate it. Now I want to let everyone know, Josh Hennessy, while being one of the worst hockey players you'd ever see when he was nine years old, just a horrific defenseman on the Plymouth Might See team, basically yeah. the worst player in the town. You are. Well, if you're the sixth D man on Might Sees. Your second year of mites, you are the worst player that play that pays to play hockey in your town because they can't because everyone has to be on yeah. a team. So you're on the worst team. They worst can't spot. cut you. Yeah, I was the worst player. Like I specifically remember, I remember like moments where the puck was coming, like trickling at me at the blue line, like keep it in, and I just couldn't. And then I don't. I well, mean, something it, changed because as much as I chirp him, this guy at 13, 14, 15, just an incredible player. And I want to know basically what happened in going to the Quebec League. We've talked about this before, but I think it's interesting to ev- for everyone when back then there weren't a lot of kids from Massachusetts who went to play major junior, and you had every college in the in the in the country give, offering you scholarships. Uh, yeah, it was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so why the hell did yeah. you do it? Um, you got paid money. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we've, already, yo, we've gotten in trouble that. recently for talking about that and joking about that. So about well, London got in trouble. We didn't. <laughs> about yeah. about p- guys getting paid? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Play junior? Yeah. yeah Very we were, prevalent. Yeah, we were made joking about gag and people took it way too fucking serious. Yeah. All right. Without getting too sidetracked here, you lose your NCAA eligibility when you go there, right? Right. Yes. Because they consider it professional hockey. So why should you not be able to make more money? I, I've always argued. It's, they say that some teams can't and that other teams can like take advantage of the situation. A Quebec Ramparts were a team who could, though. Oh, well, time out. Time out. I do believe in the Quebec League of all the major junior leagues was allowed at the time, and they still may even be allowed to, is pay more to the players, correct? I have no idea. On paper, I was making 35 bucks a week, whatever whatever the 16-year-old makes. Um Made a little bit more than that, but there was a wire transfer to the. They were paying my dad as a scout. Oh wow, that's my genius. dad was scouting. So my was my dad was scouting like prep school, like the New England area. Um, they paid your dad to be a scout. He didn't watch one game. <laughs> my dad, my first year was at thirty-two of our forty home games in okay. Quebec. No way. Yeah, he would go up there. Huh? Was it hard for you when you went away? Uh, the first like until Christmas, my first year was like sad. You, know, you speak French, though, don't you? I do. That's, yeah. always, a, that's you, always a nice thing. You I learned that when you were in like Quebec, you right? Oh, yeah. That's crazy. So he went to Quebec, and he took in the full experience to learn the language. And you, He's you're, real smart. Don't let him fool. Well, I, I would imagine. He's wicked he smart. You didn't want to go to college? Like, I mean, this ain't your No, not at all. I like school. Uh, I mean, like school. 
I didn't hate it. I was a normal. Right. You like certain a- you like certain aspects in high school. Uh, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a bookworm, but I like, I did all right in school. That wasn't, that had nothing to do with it. Like our boy Keith didn't really have a choice, but going to Moncton, <laughs> but like I would have passed Clearinghouse. If that's what yeah, you're you would have gotten into I would have gotten accepted to college if that's what you're asking. Um, no, I was honestly, Ari, I was like, um, at the time I was a man child. I was full grown at like same beard you have now, same beard. I've shaved less then. And <laughs> I was, I, I would say my last year at Milton Academy, I was probably 5'11", like 180 as a, it was like, I was a freshman. You were Adam Levine before Adam Levine. Yeah. <laughs> does before, look like Adam Levine. Way wow, before. Huh? Call, I'll give man. you that. That's a hell of a call. Probably a better musician. It's better than rap. So we just had the me. six women that listen to our podcast. <laughs> vaginas explode with moisture. <laughs> that's, like they're, a bad they're, hustle. that's a bad hustler letter right they're like, you know, They're like in their cars, but it's like a fish tank. <laughs> and they're, they're like at the window. Oh, oh my sorry. God. Sorry. Anyway. Oh, you played no. with Radulov up there. Okay, yes. Yeah, so Radu's my boy. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, okay, geez. let's get cooking nice. here. He put a log savage. on the fire. All right, answer your question real quick. I always thought I was going to go to college. Um they started offering, like, teams started offering, I don't know what you want to call it, incentive, it, under the yeah. table, so, like, not the 35 bucks a week that we're supposed Stuff to be Stuff that's not in the brochure. Right. Um, it was, thought I was going to Halifax, and then they kind of, like, the Moosehead guys kind of, like, balked out at the last second, and then Quebec came in and was like, we'll do this. Quick story, I hid in the car at the Quebec League draft because they didn't, like, they didn't think I was coming, so I said, I told everybody else I wasn't going to the Quebec League, so I had to hide in the car until the second round started. What do you mean hide in the car? I was in a minivan in the parking lot with my parents. Like, so no, so no other draft? team would see me and pick me in the first round because they wanted Holy to use shit. their first round picks and then only have to use a second on me. So you just hid in the back of the I was the in the parking minivan. lot, yeah. <laughs> kid getting kidnapped. He looks like Adam Where was the draft? In Montreal. Oh, my That's God. Insane. I never knew that. Yeah. So you were already going then. So you, you I had ha- signed the deal. He was actually okay. he okay. was actually getting a blowjob from a stripper. He just says he was <laughs> hiding in there. <laughs> That's a joke. No, folks. I wasn't. Um, I, swear, I, was with my I mean, shit, buddy, man. I mean, what do you wait? So, all right, so, so there's a chance that that still somebody could have taken a risk, though. Hey, I think this kid will come up. Yeah. So I think Quebec took the, basically was betting that nobody was going to waste a first yes. round or not knowing who'd they take in the first round that year. Um, Some scrub. Jean-Michel Balduc and um, Jeff McCauley. Good kids. Good guys. Average players. Good guys. Not, yeah. not the best of Steve, players yeah. for first round picks. Steve Bernier went first overall in tomorrow. They had nice personalities. Yeah, they were good kids. <laughs> no, they were good. I mean, it's tough. I wasn't good either. It's, it's a hard business. Well, I, I'll say this. You, you, know, you played four years in the Quebec League. So after you were drafted, you played two more full seasons or one? Two after I was drafted. So one of those... Typical, unless you're a stud. Yeah, exactly. Like, so I didn't you, play overage. I played. Our, our draft year, we went to the top prospects game together. That was the first time I'd ever oh, heard, you guys played that. heard yeah. or seen of, of Josh Hennessy. Yeah. And you, you can, so obviously he was joking around about you playing defense as a kid. You were a forward, correct? Yes, business. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I was he was like, a I game breaker. The, I don't remember uh, this guy being a defenseman, so I was right. And my he, memory was that you were a very skilled little forward. Played, yeah. played both ends of the ice very well. Yep. One better than the, well, both average. I don't know. But um, two things, I only remember two things about that game. You fighting for enough, 
prospects game. I was a late addition, so I was I was like like somebody got hurt and they oh, called okay. me at like midnight the night before the That's game. How I got in the I Olympics? Had, I, <laughs> same thing. You just, exact same thing. No one you knows got in the Olympics. You know. One was no. the top <laughs> exactly, prospect, exactly, exactly, and the other right, was right, the Olympics. Like, exactly. <laughs> Once, I, yeah, I was the sixty-first prospect, and you were in the Olympics. That was, the, um, <laughs> that was he was just trying yeah. to pump his own tires there. Yeah, I know. We know you played in the. We know you played in the fucking Olympics. You gave me one of your jackets. Um, <laughs> the, uh, no, we traded your old Remparts leather jacket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the varsity jacket. Did you swap? No, two things. You fought for enough at the prospects game. Is it one of the only things I can remember? And then I also remember that I showed up like late at night because I was like, and Nathan Horton was my roommate. And they had like gift packages on the beds that they left for the guys. And it was like the varsity jackets with like the fucking cream leather yeah, like oh yeah, they were seeds, nice. Like Siege of Tower Prospects. And then they gave us all, they gave everybody headphones, like a nice set of headphones they left, but like mine weren't there. <laughs> and Horton's like listening to his. And I can tell they're like brand new. And I'm like, hey, like, I got my jacket. I'm like, where's the headphones? And so what, he's like, oh, I didn't know you. I didn't think anybody was coming. I thought I was alone. So I gave him my buddy. <laughs> he's like, I'll get him back. He's like, I'll get him back for you. I'm like, all right, nice. Yes. You know, at the time, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so then, like, I don't get him back. So. <laughs> Horton beats him up in the game. Yeah, you know, Horton yeah, ends up being good at hockey and having a long career. And then I get called up 10 years later in Boston. <laughs> I see him in the locker room, and I'm like, that motherfucker owes me head. <laughs> Did you bring it up? Yeah, I'm like, hey. he's like the nicest guy, too. I'm just looking oh, at him like, oh, I'm like, world, I'm like can I get my fucking headphones back? Let me have some beats. He's like, no, uh, <laughs> he's like, go get me some tape, pigeon. Yeah. You're just a call yeah, yeah, he's like, pigeon. I was like, I'm only going to be here for like eight hours. Can I get my headphones back? He gives you his AirPods, but there's just wax all over. Him. <laughs> take these ones. They're like, let's make sure we get rookie party in while this kid's here and we're jacking up from five. 5k to 10k for this motherfucker wants to come at me about those headphones no, i didn't i didn't say anything i was a pigeon pussy i didn't say anything but he does if you're listening he, i love you nathan yeah i love you yeah he's a good dude just i need some headphones so when, uh, where'd you first meet up with this peck ahead whitney uh same friend like same group of friends hot i mean i'm from this area so the hockey world as you move up is a small world so right right you start skating together in the summers and before training camp and uh and then I played, we played together on, uh, you remember the Hub City team? And yes, the, I remember Hub City. It was me, you, and Rob Shrimp were like the big prospects yeah. down there for the younger kids. And we ran through this tournament, easy win. I remember we had in a stacked team, I think it was Orpic, who knows, Hub City. Was, yeah, we, we were good. You. And um, that's when I kind of started hearing about him. And then a couple of my really, really close friends, Brendan Byrne, we've talked about a bunch, play with him at Milton Academy. Like, this kid's a stud. Bundle. So stupid, though. He's going to the Quebec League instead of the BC or BU winning the Hobie Baker. So <laughs> now he's a real estate mogul, though, so I guess I can't chirp. <laughs> so I don't have any beef jerky to sell. <laughs> if, anybody, if anybody needs a two-bed, one-bath in Providence. Yeah. All right, so you pick by San Jose, and your career in the Quebec League and how do you end up like that first year with the Cleveland Barons? That's San Jose's AHL team. That was your first year pro. Yep. Um, I gotta pull this roster up. You had a good year, sixty-three points. I think, said, I think no, no, no keep scrolling, r- keep scrolling right. Look at my plus-minus. <laughs> how was hockey? Oh, Cle- dash twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, how tough. was hockey in Cleveland like? Like, I mean, they, you know, they had minimal success there in the seventies, and then you know, always had a minor league team. What was your experience? All right, this is how Cleveland hockey in Cleveland was at the time. In my apartment, Steve Bernier was my roommate. So he's like, I was calling to get all the bills set up because he's a French kid, thick accent. And uh, I call to get like the NHL package added to the cable or whatever. 
And the guy on the phone's like, I think we used to have a hockey team in Cleveland. <laughs> I'm like, I'm fucking pretty sure you still do. <laughs> like, I'm I hope the, you, I'm, I'm the I hope wrong, you, I hope you still I'm in the wrong right. Cleveland. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we would, we played at the Quicken Loans where the Cavs play. And, um, as a joke, I wore 23 because LeBron was there. Like, just because it was so ridiculous. We would get 200 people a game. Our games, when the Cavs played the night before, the ladies cleaning or the people cleaning the, like, cleaning, like, sweeping up the popcorn from the Cavs games would be having conversations across the building, across the <laughs> rink during our game. They're like, yo, you get aisle, yeah. you get aisle like, ZZ. Yeah, I, get the, I get ABC. Yeah, yeah, like, you go left, I'll go right, I'll meet you at 240. And like where it's like second, we're on the power play. You can hear them. Um, but I think the difference now, I think I hear they're doing better, is that um, the ownership is the same as the Cavs. So that you could you could be in that building during a Cavs game and not know that there was a hockey team in town. So it wasn't wasn't very well marketed. Um, so yeah. it was it was quiet to say the least. They they sold out that building when they were on the run and won the Calder Cup. Like that was. It's a sports town. Cleveland's cool, by the way. They like, undercover completely fun. jumped yeah. on yeah. board. I mean, of course, at, at that level and that type of you know sports city, because you got the you know the Browns. Yeah. You got you got a lot of things it's ahead a of it. Sports town. Yeah, yeah. They turned they turned right as soon as the tide did, and they jumped on board. So I mean, you can't knock that as not being a sports town ever. No, definitely not. It wasn't. It was that. It was honestly that people didn't know there was. A, I mean, obviously the minor league team anyway. So you're not expecting the same as the big leagues. But um, that was that had. I really think it was more that uh, people just didn't even know we were there. Right, right. But. That first year, though, like you led the team in scoring in the AHL. You didn't even sniff getting called up. Not once. No. <laughs> like if you, usually, I think if if a nineteen or twenty year old leads the AHL in scoring, like maybe end of the year, right? They might give them a game, right? No, just have okay. Fun so you have some Josh. built up anger about that. Tons. What do you mean? Yeah. No. Um, it's crazy all those you didn't get an AHL NHL game till you went away? Oh no. Well I got dealt after that right after that season. Okay, so what what happened with that deal? Like you could just tell I they don't like me? No, I don't know. No, Timmy Burke's the head scout Boston guy. I don't know if yep. you know him at all. Um he's like a serious hard ass. Like I thought he hated me. Like he used to <laughs> We played in the like the rookie tournament or whatever. And like after the first game of the rookie tournament, my first training camp he like comes up to me I'm like going to get in the shower and he like cuts me off and he's got like a whole group of scouts behind him like minions and he's like what are you going to do if you don't play hockey first game of the rookie tournament like the very first thing that happens of the season and I was like I don't know why like what do you mean like what do you mean I haven't thought that like, far ahead does that mean I had a bad game <laughs> like what are you saying you didn't and uh no I mean I wasn't I wasn't very polished um but and then at the end of the year, I'm like a black ace, which I was always a black ace because you were a professional NNH. black ace. I was, I, I'm, I am actually might be up there with like most black ace games, if that's a stat, if that's most, a thing. Most, most black ace skates, I think. Yes, most black ace practices <laughs> without, yeah, ever making an appearance. But I, rem- I overheard like Berkey t- talking to another kid who had like 12 points, but was, let me answer this text real quick. <laughs> uh, who had 12 points and, but was like a scrappy, like, t- like kind of overachieve, like good player. And he's sitting at the breakfast, I'm eating my Cheerios, like black acing, like before practice. And he, and the kid's like, he's talking to me, he's like, we think you had a good year. We like how hard you work. And he's like, yeah, but I would have liked to, like, you know, chip in more offensively. And he goes, what points? And he goes, he had points. Like, look over like, look at him. Yeah, like, and I'm just sitting there by myself eating. I'm like, with my Cheerios, I'm like, I'm like, what's that, man? And then he looks over at me and goes, 
minus 25? <laughs> it's and not this, good. This is the head scout of your first year. You got to be like, I'm getting traded. I'm like, I'm like, I need a new job, <laughs> like a new career. Um, anyway, yeah, I didn't get called. What out. was the trade? Uh, to Ottawa. Marty Havlat Ooh, and Brian Smolinski went name. to wow. name drop. Yes. Um, went to Chicago. Three-way trade. Tom Pricing went to Ottawa. I don't know. Colorado College. Yeah, who was coming off. He was a good player in San Jose. Like, he was doing well. And um, I was a throw-in with... Who the hell was with me? Another black case. Yeah, Michael Barenka. Yeah. Another Hall of Famer. And uh, Chicago's second rounder in 2008, which turned out to be Patrick uh, Weircharge. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. But uh, I want to know uh, about your relationship with Radulov when you were in in Quebec. We never even talked about that. We glanced over. Uh Yeah, we can't glance over Radulov. No, you can't. (laughs) He's must-watch television. Like, he's the man. I wish wish you could ISO cam him. Uh, Like, if there was an ice bench, bench, locker room, like, breakfast... at all times, he's a complete cartoon character, but he's an unbelievable player, awesome guy. The thing I remember in Quebec is we're having a meet. We like lost a game. We're having a meeting, and so it's like you know uneasy atmosphere. You know how it is. And the coach coaches come in, and you know like the 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 saran wrap that you like wrap the ice bags up yeah. with. What yep. do you call it? He wraps his whole face in it, and his nose is like over there. So he's got the thing like going around his head like this, and he's yeah, and he like cuts a hole in his mouth so he can breathe, and stays like that for the for like a negative meeting, like a we lost last night, you guys suck meeting, and he's just like the coach walks in and he's like sitting there with his fucking nose plastic, he's got full plastic wrap around his head, and, and nobody was, knows why. And he's just not to be funny. English, right at this point, or he uh, not bit? great. It was broken. Um, he was he was just a I don't know. He just shot a life. His did, first, the, did the coach say a word to him? I. Can't, like, I think we kind of made him probably <laughs> unwrap himself before we saran wrap before off. we like had to watch clips of like losing nine to two. That um, was his way of saying I don't want to be here. No, I don't think no. He right was now. no. He's not. He was like a really positive, like hardworking. Like he plays his balls off. So, but his first it was like out of touch. Like a Russian kid doesn't know he comes in the Quebec League. I don't know how it is in the O or the other leagues, but preseason in the Quebec League, I remember being like. Like, they want to put on a show for the fans. So the home team, it's just set up to, like, just dummy the other team. Like, Oh, really? Th- this was my experience. Like, we would play, Ch- like, our division was, like, Chikunami, Ramuski. Like, they would send, like, maybe six kids that are going to end up making the team right. on the road. Yeah. So, it's like, so the home team plays yep. the whole squad, like, thumps them. The next night, you go to their barn. Like, you, their s- turn. you send your C squad. They thump. It was just kind of like a... Yeah, unwritten song and dance they did. It was like the scene from uh, Gladiator when there's like you know twenty of them going out and they're going to be fighting like lions yeah. and shit. They're yeah. basically yeah. they're like we know we're about to get killed out there. Yeah, and they're like, this aren't is... they supposed to lose the, the lose the battle of, of Carthage? <laughs> and yeah. uh, that's what it's right. That's when you know shit's really not going to be going that well that season when your fucking right. home team loses to the fucking Chicago. No, so Chicago we didn't lose. That, no, the point is Radu, Radu like doesn't know this. And this is like my third year, the year I'm playing with him. And or, no, it was my last year. It was my fourth. And so we we're playing these guys. I know we're gonna smoke them. And if like he and I are playing together, like if we don't have four points each, like that's we, pathetic. It was bad. Yeah. And he gets a hat trick, and it's his first game in front of. The, and he's every goal doing the canoe through center ice, like <laughs> swimming me. Like I'm trying to give him like the let's get out of here like, exhibition, uh, fist hot, pump, exhibition, yeah, fist exactly. Pump. Like we're not sweating. Like let's get out of here. 
and he like swims everybody and is doing the canoe <laughs> like through fucking center ice and we're like I'm like where did they find this fucking we're like, guy we're playing 14 like, <laughs> year olds right like did you like we're playing you're right like it's a peewee team <laughs> <laughs> like uh, you got, I. You know what? No one could ever take away from the fact that he just lives to score goals. To score loves, goals. Nobody loves he hockey more than that kid. Nobody. He he plays so hard. I'm I'm so glad he's back in the NHL because he's must must watch TV. Like, but actually, so the year you play with him, you were gone. The next year, yeah, where in which he had 152 points in 62 regular season games. Yeah. So what does that tell you? And 55 in 23 playoff games. But like. The year you played with him, you know, he's at 75 points. Could you tell, though, holy shit? Like, was he was skilled, but he, he actually grew. Oh. So, like, he wasn't, like, I don't remember him being, like, a monster, which he's a pretty big dude. Like, I think he's bigger than people realize. Yeah, he's thick, too. Yeah, like, thick. And um, he he wasn't that big. And that was the year, like, when Keith went up, the, like, they changed the rules. So, like, that was the year that, like, all of hockey changed, where you couldn't, like, just tug on somebody in the back check and yes. like we had we still had a red line when, oh really yeah yeah fuck, i didn't even think of that i had that in the ahl one year the red line. yeah or maybe in the nhl too yeah like people forget that the red line was a real thing tag up tag up yeah. like, what and now kids have no clue and back checking like if you're within a stick length of someone you just start you just, so and then uh and i think they, it was like stick infractions they started calling everything so he, they, he just had the puck on the power play for 82 games yes makes sense um and he didn't have to play with me anymore. And he got rid of the, the weight that was holding luggage. Down Josh Hennessy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you got to have a couple Radu's, more in Radu's there. In I mean, just, just like the everyday. I mean, he's really known for his work ethic. I don't think that's any surprise to yeah. anyone. Like, I would say sometimes Russians get the tagline that it's just their just high-end skill and they don't want to play the other end of the puck. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so his en- like his motor is unheard of. Like his, but he does like group. We so I played against him in in Russia also. So like I ended up seeing. Him. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll get to that. And um, no, but he'd have moments where like, like he's not really coachable. Like in Russia, I think he is over here. But in like he was the man. Like he was the lead over there. Like, he was doing whatever he wanted. He was doing whatever game. he wanted. He was the best player. Like so, KHL TV is a TV station, and they just like because of there's like 15 time zones that you play in there's a there's a live game on at all times on KHL TV on like national television and like they play every one of his games and they basically iso cam him because he's like so animated like just abuses refs but they can't do anything he's like above everybody like, <laughs> like abuses his coach like you seen the video where he hits his coach with the stick <laughs> yeah that's the best yeah. one we've talked about that that yeah. is the old, and then like <laughs> and then he just gives and the guy doesn't sorry, do anything sorry, sorry. the guy so, looks the the guy like doesn't do anything I know. would it be safe to say he has a very similar personality to Ibrahimovic and, and that popularity in Russia as if he would have in Sweden? Yeah, so I don't know if, like... Is he, is he, yeah, is he a little it, cocky in the media as well there? Yes. So he, I mean, my impression was that he completely ran the show. Like, there was no coach, like, co- like, if the coach had to cater to him because if he told the ownership of Red Army that he wants a different coach, like, there will be a different coach there. Yeah. And but he was he was also in that league he was drastically better. He was LeBron almost, James, almost he was better than everyone yeah. else. He was LeBron. He was James. LeBron, but cooler guy than LeBron. Yeah, LeBron's. Oh, you painful. hang out with LeBron? LeBron's painful. I mean, he hasn't called me in a while. I mean, you can he's get pissed. I took his number LeBron. in Cleveland for the Barons. <laughs> hey, I, I, I knew there was a reason why you mentioned that, and there no, it that's... is. It came full circle, my friend. Um, 
Uh, no, he's I like I don't know. I have fond memories of playing with him. Do, uh, do you think that that may be the reason that he went back because he knew that he could? I mean, I, I don't I, I don't know if at the time it was a big money thing, but he was obviously able to not only make more in Russia, probably have way more control and and be around his friends and family. That's probably why he wanted that. that I don't dominance. know. Do you remember he had like a weird thing in Nashville in the playoffs? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I was got, sat out. Curfew, right? Yeah, yeah. I was at the some. W Scottsdale, <laughs> yeah. and they were the table over. Yeah, right? the only really? difference was is I had no bearing on that series. Yeah, I didn't play a fucking <laughs> who else God. was with him too? There was another guy. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh, I'll, I'll think of it. It was the guy who had the brother who played in Montreal yeah. as uh, well. The I played with Kostitsin. So I, I love that guy. I think I've told the story in the podcast before. They were out, and I remember one of the the girls from the W who was a cocktail server ever come up to me she goes she goes those guys play for the other team like they're kind of mean too like <laughs> apparently the one guy asked for no ice in his drink and it was a different blonde waitress and what she thought place. it was the same one and would and then he like when he got his drink he like pulled the ice out and like smashed his glass he's like no ice <laughs> <laughs> so she was like scared to go over to the russian this is because or that oh, i don't know which one it was i, I mean they're, they're both fucking farm animals you know they're big <laughs> big boys who who can fucking who can play hockey well, then you go to Ottawa. So you, you, you tell us what the deal is. You got five years up and down, mainly down, just living it up in bingo. Mostly down. Binghamton, New York. What what was the story there? I mean, you, you never really got a big chance. You played 10 games your, your first year there. I don't understand uh, what you kind of were told. Was it was it pretty cut and dry you were going to be in the minors? No. I mean, I thought like you hope, like I got traded there and I had had – what I thought, plus minus aside, was a decent first year pro. So oh, you still yeah. think you're 60 like sixty points in the, in the NHL? Yeah. It's like all right, I, I could still play in this league. Yeah. So I'm in train. I'm in training camp, and I, I made it to the end. So it was not Denny Hamel had just had fifty six tucks the year before in bingo, yes. but he was like older at the time. He wasn't yep. like a prospect. I was in, he, I was yeah. in the league when he did that. Yeah. Like just ridiculous. He was scoring from the red line in Binghamton because it's not even a full size rink. It's the size of this coffee table. Box. Yeah. So, um, so he and I were roommates towards the end of training camp and it's kind of between the two of us who's going to have the last spot at my first training camp there and uh we're playing philly last preseason game and he gets like a like a shorty and then next shift five on five puts one like under the bar like last preseason game and I, I just was, i'm not making this <laughs> i was just like <laughs> peace tip of the cap yeah peace. great job yeah. sir you call a place in Bingo that's like your favorite uh, to go restaurant. You just order some food, put it in my pocket. Yeah, no, I never. I, at this point, I'd never been to Binghamton before, and um, and then he. So whatever, he's, he, I get I get sent down, and I was just I don't know. I wasn't that good. I was down for a, I was down a lot. I ended, I played ten games my first year, black aced for like what felt like six months. <laughs> who's uh, they went who's, to the finals? Right? Yeah, so we go. They, they, they went to the did go to the finals against Anaheim, and. <laughs> that was just so rude. He's literally on the roster. No, no, that was accurate. They went to the okay. finals, <laughs> and I'm we're we're doing like just the complete separate black ace practice. I think at one point they were like, "Hey, like we like we were there for fifty two. I remember Kelling at the time because it was like this is getting ridiculous. We were there for fifty two days as black aces. I played forty five rounds of golf." <laughs> 
and we went out 37 times. So it was actually a hell of a couple It was a blast. <laughs> it think, was spring break. it's been a while since we've talked about a whole full-on Black Ace experience when you're going all the way to the finals. Yeah. Because you're basically on an extended spring break. Yeah. Only shitty thing is you have to wake up in the morning and go to like the gym and work out. Yeah. But then it gets to the point where it's like... You always ha- you have that air like this happened a couple times where like first round you're like it's serious if I'm not gonna play I want to you know if you know your t- your six guys from playing you're like do I want to win you know oh, what I mean? oh, or do oh, I want to go home yeah like you I, don't I, mean? wa- I don't want I don't want to hear that long and then that's the- just an honest an honest answer like some people might be like oh you ungrateful piece of shit like we never got to play hockey at that level. But like, yeah, like you're like, hey, I'm not really connected to this and I would like to get on with my life. No, I mean, like, honestly, like the honest answer is I would say at the beginning, it's awesome because you're affiliated with the NHL. Like you're in you're in the room like you're 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 practicing. And then it's like like second round and then like guys are getting healthier and you're like further away from actually playing and you're not really. Well, the thing is, you're not getting paid. I don't know if that's changed. So when I was in Ottawa, we went to the finals. We were getting half day per diem. We were living in a hotel. It was costing us so much money to be there. We were getting forty-five bucks a day. I think Why the NHL per diem was per diem because this is the rule at the time. Yeah. So, um, forty-five bucks a day, and in Canada, like you're eating, like breakfast costs forty-five Canadian yes. dollars yeah. at yeah, the hotel, expensive. and then every so, night out is a couple hundred. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, and you're like, can I get an advance on my uh, my bonus? No. So uh. I started. Well, that's so I started. We were using. So I started scalping my tickets because we still got two <laughs> tickets to the game. That makes two of us in the, in the room right, right now, all right? Both, you, you, you guys have both done that? No, no I'm, I meant like I, I'm including 40. myself in the group, but RA's clearly done it. <laughs> Scalping <laughs> tickets. So, I mean, 45 bucks a day, and then as the playoffs go on, I'm looking at face value, two tickets I'm getting that are 320 each. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, Wait a minute. I don't need um, these tickets. I'm already going to be in the press box. Yeah. <laughs> like, my parents aren't coming to see me not play. <laughs> so... Um, you're like selling tours. You're I like wasn't like sneaking, hawking them like tickets. But hey, sneaking people into the rink. His dad's actually a, like he said a scout, and he's like, "This Denny Hamill's pretty good. I'm gonna watch this." When he comes <laughs> up to the game. No, so we we would sell. I would go down in a hoodie, like to pull down. I'd have the equipment manager drive me down like like tailgate time in the afternoon because the city was buzzing, and I'd like hood over my eyes, like give them, like pull up to the actual scalpers and just be like, "I just want face value, like hide my." <laughs> Just and, give me six. And they'd be like, "These real?" And I was like, "I'd be like, like show my face." And they'd be like, "Oh, oh it's Adam Levine." Okay, these yeah. are cool. They're like, "Oh, it's like, oh, Danny Hamel. It's the yeah. best black ace in the league." Yeah. Who's that? Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, that was it. So whatever. We were kind of scrounging for money. No, no, no. We're not just going to glance over the fact that you were outside of an NHL arena hawking tickets before a playoff. Yeah, and then I go back, put my suit on, and go back to the game. <laughs> Sit in the fucking press box. <laughs> Not even a middle and fucking man. pray for somebody to not get up when they blocked a shot. Were you letting other black aces know about your uh, your hawking? I think I was probably the ringleader, but yeah. I'm pretty sure we all did it. By the second game, when I when I showed up with seven hundred bucks back at the hotel, yeah, they, they were, were like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, they were like, "We got tickets too. Let's go back." Yeah. <laughs> the scalping market's just like this is incredible. We're getting an in, but the problem is twenty is, tickets. Right I felt like game. saying to the scalpers, like, "Can you just sell these to like nice looking people?" Because then they're in like the family section. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I don't get this, like, like white clearly trash. not. Time out. You know what I mean? Yeah, you say that, but they don't give a no, shit. I no, I know. They're like, yeah, don't. Don't worry, man. So, I, I, I got it. So let's let's go a little bit more into this. I believe a Calgary Flames prospect was doing the same thing in Calgary, 
And that's how we got busted was that these hooligans were in a family section and they're like, how did you get these? And like, they're like, oh, we bought them off a scalper. And like, and then the trail led back to this like prospect <laughs> disrupting this. the family section because you got uh, Rick from fucking Red Deer drinking out of his buddy's prosthetic leg like I was <laughs> witnessing in Utica. Well, if you, and if you're a season ticket holder somewhere... And you give your tickets to somebody, and they get in trouble. Your season yeah, tickets are Dunzo. gone. Dunzo. So yeah. I mean, granted, the the the, the arena's like, whose season tickets are these? They're like, oh, Hennessy's. He's a big <laughs> prospect of ours. <laughs> <laughs> He's done. He's done. I mean, you did what you had to do. I mean, the solution would have been you, to hey, just I'm, give I'm, us yeah. a full day per diem. Well, <laughs> I'm mean, surprised he didn't bump into Melnick out there. That guy's a bit of I mean, a cheapo, eh? He's probably, oh, shit. NFL. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah. He, I mean, nobody cared. So I, that happened in San Jose, and to his credit, I'm probably getting him in trouble. Doug Wilson gave us the team credit card to like go to lunches and stuff because he saw it as unfair but he wasn't allowed to do anything about it no way. so he would give uh, he would like nice. our hl coach roy's the man was it's a class act was like would take us out to lunch after practice and he he had the card saying like buy the boys lunch so that was like a oh that's not that was nothing nice, wrong with that no that was a nice way to probably well didn't the Vi- i mean i think i hope the gm's allowed to buy like schmelt's lunch yes without circumventing the system the, yeah <laughs> but, like, nfl dude the coaches got caught selling their super bowl tickets remember mike tice yeah. it was like the vikings coach or yep. whatever you know they were out getting a little extra fucking cabbage you know whatever you had your, in your first 10 games with ottawa you had one goal who was the goal against uh philly who was pretty much an ahl team also so Ooh. i'm not even sure i actually have an nhl goal <laughs> Circumstances who it was yeah, against Antero all that shit. On, yeah, I have the, my parents have the plaque big picture on their uh, on their wall. It was I'm just kidding. It was a thrill. It was Ninamaki? Yeah. That's pretty funny. We uh, had a clip the other day of Crosby scoring against Ninamaki and there were so many responses like doesn't count because it was against Ninamaki. Really? <laughs> <I guess you're laughs> so mine doesn't count. Yeah, so you were right. So it doesn't count. All elite prospects he, and have him delete that. He make it another H O all time great goalie mask too, because there was a gangster from Philly called Frank Nick. And that was his nickname. Yeah. He had like oh, the really? legit like mob mobster on his mask with the yeah. machine gun and shit. One of the all time great goalie masks. Yeah, it's fun. when you only have one. You like I like a mat reimagine them saying like announcing like first and last NHL goal <laughs> as it's happening. <laughs> that's your. That's the dream you have over and over. Some guys can't get their skates tied. Yours is just the announcement to begin and end your. Yeah, exactly. One NHL yeah, goal. yeah. There it is. I, I, I showed I could do it. Now I'm out. No, I did it. I did it. And it was, I don't know. We pumped them six some, six to one or something. Uh, should we move on to some Russia talk? Well, actually, because he, he first left North America, he went to Switzerland. Yeah, I did, and then a quick little stop back, and then back to like how did when was when did the European route kind of take, or you become. Realize I got to go over there. Uh, money again. I mean, same yeah. reason. Um, the um, Lugano was sick. You told Lugano me. was unbelievable. So my agent was kind of like, I, it was almost like if it wasn't Lugano, and I didn't know that much about it, but I started just Googling like Lugano and like palm trees show up. It's like the most beautiful place in the whole world. It's the nicest place I've ever been, never mind really? like on vacation. Like it's the nicest place I've ever even visited. It's got palm trees? Yeah, we had palm trees in my backyard. I lived like up in this mountain. You, 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 there's like the lake is like this aqua blue. It looks like the Caribbean and then there's like the Alps in the background. So it's on the... It's on. It's the southern extreme, extreme south of Switzerland in the Italian part. Okay. It's on the border. Oh, of I was going to say it sounds Italian. This it's place. like 30 minutes from Lake Como and everyone thinks uh-huh. like George Clooney and all those people live in Lake Como. Lugano's way nicer than Lake Como because we would go to Lake Como for like <laughs> ironically we'd go there to for go sushi. slumming no there was like a sushi place we liked so we'd go to dinner in Lake Como and have sushi that's so bougie it's a, uh, a little better than that's Binghamton a, isn't that 
Good sushi and Bingham. Bing, Bingham ten your sushi's the fish. I'm not going to trash. I'm not going to trash Bingo. I'm not going to try. Oh, yeah, but, uh, mainly because I'm going back there soon. <laughs> going back to Bingo. <laughs> What are you doing there? Binghamton Hockey Hall of Fame inductee, baby. No nice. way. Get Congratulations. That a boy. Congrats. Uh, yeah, thanks. I think it's just a wall. <laughs> it's an still outdoor. Than Oli, it's still yeah. better than Oli Oli skate park. It's going yeah. to get vandalized now after no, Witt's I know. comments. Um, I'm not bad. I had a blast in Bingo, actually. Another undercover fun fun town. Good place. Like, minor league hockey town is cool. It gets a really bad rap. Um, oh, it, it, it the the rink I remember being tiny, but the fans were crazy. Well, you actually have fans yeah. that are on top of you, yep. so there's a cool atmosphere, and they actually care about it. So, it's, I mean, if you're going to be in the minors and want people, like as opposed to Cleveland, which is a better, bigger town, you know, going but, but going like, back nobody, to the gladiator talk, you mentioned how how like uh, how on top of you the fans are. That was a clip we posted recently when I got bambied by Jeremy Oblonsky. Oh, Did look. you play with him there? That's a like yeah we're getting Diablo yeah that was that was yeah. when I was walking out to those games yeah. and, and I knew I was just I was going to be slaughtered. It's a slaughter yeah it's it was a slaughterhouse it was, it was a complete slaughterhouse like you were being walked out like a gladiator yeah <laughs> everybody it was the carnage one you were, that you were talking one year about. in bingo Diablo just like multiple guys on the forecheck something people don't re- realize about Yablonski and anybody who's listening that has not watched his fight tapes hit YouTube now. Um, he was fast, like in a straight line, goal line to blue line. He was the fastest player on the team. Oh my god! Oh, so he's killing people. He was a, too. F1, he was a bowling F1 ball. F1 in bingo. Like yeah, you can't skate, get away from him. There's nowhere to go. He feet. was he was just laying. He was just leaving like bodies in the streets. Like guys getting carried off the ice, and then you had to fight. Like he was he was yeah. But and then, I, and, then, and then if somebody came at him, he would then beat them up. So there'd yeah. be two bodies on the ice. Yeah. So, but I played with Diablo in Russia too, which we'll get there. Okay, but. so we'll, we we can go to Russia yeah. because not only did you play with him, your first year you played with Panarin. I remember you telling me. So yeah. me and this kid had dinner in Neftehimik, and um, you were telling me the year before, maybe it was two years prior, like, dude, like I Lugano. played with this kid that is the nasty. <laughs> what you say? What do you say? It's like Lugano. <laughs> uh, it's closer to Rockland than Lugano, but... I think Easy. You told me. You Rock told Vegas. me. You said this Panarin kid is the filthiest player I've ever played with. Yeah, I told it. a bunch of anybody that would listen. I was like, "This is kid," and he wasn't. Even, he was hurt when I first got there, and he looked like he was nine years old. He was like this skinny kid. I don't know if we can say this. He's 170 pounds, maybe 165 pounds. Maybe I don't even know if. He's oh mad. no, I'm, I wasn't offended by what you said. I just think it's funny no, no, no. how these little kids, like who whose bodies don't even look athletic now, they just they're they're these machines. No, yeah. So Panarin, I would he would just stay on the ice and after practice and just dangle like like dump pucks out and just and I would tell him, I told you I would tell my buddies at home I'm like I am playing with a kid I don't know if he's any good I don't even know his name but I can't pronounce but he has the best hands I've ever seen and then he came back and we were like like I was brutal at the beginning and and uh I ended up getting to play with him um most of the year and he was he was the man but he had like this was year he was maybe 19 at the time and he's now my favorite player in the NHL. Oh, yeah. Like, he's yeah. so sick. Yeah. Now he's added that high kick to his celebrations. Was that a thing back oh, yeah. then? Oh, yeah. I know. He would be pumped when he scored. But even was, was he doing this high kick Oh, thing? yeah. Yeah, yeah, Okay, so that's – maybe we just weren't watching. No, you're just getting exposed enough. to him. He's the man. Like, he's an unbelievable player. If him and Cassian ever play against each other, it's going to be a fucking sword fight out there. Yeah. He's swing, <laughs> <laughs> swing. It's like a like, finish him. <laughs> what was your like when you went over there? Like, how did you? How did it all come down? Like, um, well, excuse me. So yeah, I played in Switzerland, and again, it was 
just because I had kind of needed the money. I had two kids and yeah. <laughs> hadn't actually you know, made any money yet. Um, then came back for a year because I got to sign with Boston. So that was a no-brainer. I had no choice. And um, then that year, I had like a not great year. I had blown my knee out in Switzerland. Like I had nothing that summer, like before I went to Russia. Like I didn't, there was not a team. Kind of on, a panic then. There was not, I had two kids. There was not a team on earth that wanted me to, wanted to pay me to play ice hockey. Wow. And um, I late, like mid-July, like all the, you know, late July, I've got, I've got nothing. And my skills coach, the guy I would skate with in the summer, was uh, Victor Telegan, a Russian guy. Um, he's like my buddy, Alexei Jamnov, like unbelievable player for the Hawks, yeah. owned, was the, is the GM in Vitez. And it's like, you know, they'd, they'd, they'd want to have you. And he starts throwing like ballpark numbers at me for salary. And I go from like, don't have any job to like, what's the equivalent of like half a million bucks. And I'm yeah. like, okay. Like, like hey, I'll, I'll yeah. leave tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the tough part is, is like, I, I don't know how much you guys know about Vitez. <laughs> like, I know that they were the team that just beat the wheels on yeah, everyone. Yeah, like they were trying to like, there were teams forfeiting the games the year before I went like mailing it in like like good teams with skill guys like no we're not going like keep the two points or three i guess like keep them we're not going yeah and we can afford to not win that one yeah like we don't need those yeah like i don't need these guys getting hurt so what would you guys do as opposed to no no no, i was so this is when i was not there okay but i knew that like i'd heard those stories and i knew that they're like a joke like they're in, in, in the khl at the time or like they weren't competitive as mm-hmm. a team. Like they weren't trying to make the playoffs. Um, and they like love, like Chris Simon played like all these guys, like long list of tough guys that went and like cashed out there, but like made, made a couple bucks and played there. So I'm like, I don't know if I really fit in there, but at the same time, it's like, I don't have a job, two kids, 500 grand. But I, my understanding was, it's not the type of place you bring, bring a family, uh, or it, at least it would be difficult for me to bring my family there because of the language barrier and, all that stuff. I want to go back a little bit. You know, you're a local guy, Boston guy. You pulled on the spoke B. You got to play three games for the Bees. Was that a highlight of your career? I mean, you know, uh, oh, you a big Bees fan growing up. The highlight. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I think that goes without saying. That was like, I thought it was um, a, almost like didn't even believe it. I had blown my knee out the last game of the season in Switzerland. Like ACL, MCL, Gonzo. Fuck. I'm on crutches in July 1. I'm not even thinking, I'm thinking like maybe PTO when I get healthy in October, like let's start over. Like I was like not expecting anything, just trying to focus on getting better on, you know, getting healthy. And my agent called me on July 2nd and said, uh, if you have any interest in coming back to North America, you know, I'm talking to a couple of teams and, um, Boston was one of them. And, uh, I'll never forget. I had just been fishing with my dad like a couple days before that. And he, we were kind of talking about like future, like very uncertain. My dad's like, was like a union pipe fitter in Boston, like very Boston grew up in Charlestown. Oh, and, um, he, I, I didn't know what was going on and he like helped my whole career. You know, my, both my parents kind of like, as you, you know, you guys know your parents they put so much, happen. put so, yeah, they, they make it happen. Um, so it's like an emotional thing when you don't know what's going to happen. I was still fairly young and, um, the bees gave me like a solid solid two-way like really you know when they didn't have to you're saying not at all i was on wow. crutches uh, coming off an acl like who was the gm then um shirelli but don sweeney was the assistant gm who probably handled most of the minor league deals um but it was a two-way and um i was we were renting a pl- i was like all my cousins i have a big like a bunch of cousins we rented a place in situate and it like came on nesson like signings 
and I like I was trying not to say anything. <laughs> like, and then I and I was on, I was out in the middle of the street. It probably was probably you know lit. Yeah. And I come running out, like running around the like the porch, like with my arms up, like full celebration. I got off the phone with with Sweens, and uh, yeah. Anyway, I got so I got to play. Uh, I was mostly in Providence, obviously, but I got called up for two weeks, and it was that was definitely the highlight. Yeah, you, awesome. you played for Cassidy quite a bit in Providence. Yep. Are you success, uh, surprised by the success they have underneath him right now? Um, no, I, I mean, surprise. Like, I mean, did, did you think he was a great coach when you played for yeah, him? Yeah, he was awesome to me. Um, he liked, he, he always, he liked skill. He was, he was really good to me. Um, you know, we had pretty good rapport. We didn't have a great team. We had a very young team. I think we had 10 rookies playing like pretty significant minutes. Um, so it wasn't like, you know, not a highlight of his coaching, <laughs> not a season that was a highlight of his or mine. Um, but we had a good relationship. He's a really smart guy, obviously, like very candid with everybody, not just the media. And that's what we love about him in Boston, right? Is yeah, that, you know absolutely. what he's thinking. Um, and he was the same way with me. We had a couple, uh, couple fuck you matches in the, yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, but really? I, res- I respected him a lot. I'd go in and apologize after. <laughs> um, um, so I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm happy it's happening here. Uh, obviously, I'm a, still still a bees fan. So, um, go bees, <laughs> go Bruins. Um, yeah. You were going to touch on Yablonski in Russia. Was Morasti on the team as well? No, he had been before. Um, so Yabo, I, Yabo was the first person I called when, um, like you know, this VTS I had an offer from them, and I just I didn't even know if it was legit. It was coming through like back channels. Like yeah. I don't even know if. My skills coach is real, like yeah. yeah I don't know he he might be shit. full of shit. So I call my agent. And I'm like, can you just look into this? Is this real? So he gets back to me. He's like, yeah, um, you know, stuff, whatever. If you're willing to do it, and um, so I called Diablo because I played with him for years in bingo, and we were, we were boys, and uh, he loved it. Like yeah, he was in his glory. Like he had carte blanche to just do what, like just he was be a complete, just terrorize. <laughs> well, I mean, in that town, yeah. And and the owner of the team just valued like just being a killing, just meatheads above all else, and uh, they were kind of, like I think the, the league kind of told them like clean it up or like you're not in the league like you're out. So they ended up like they signed Max Finneganov. I started looking at like like Alex Korolyuk was there like little skilled Russian guy that played in San Jose. Um, Panarin obviously I didn't know who he was, but Danny Markov's legend. Oh yeah, rip cigarettes. <laughs> Legend, the D-man, right? Yeah, yeah. He was going wrong way on a bridge in Philadelphia, shit can one night. That's how he got a DUI. Yeah. I think he got on like the off ramp, just an animal. So, so you know that he keeps a smoke room in between periods. He has in every every rink we play in has a, a cigarette like stall. It's usually in the shower on the road. So the coach will come in like talking in between periods, and he's sitting in the shower with a fold out chair in full gear, smoking a butt in between periods. <laughs> And he's the best, and he would just lay people out. And he was older at this time. He was so so. He was on the, so anyway. There were a bunch of guys that I knew. Like I looked it up. I'm like, okay, this is not like, yeah, you know. Um, there were like if Max Finneganov is like this is a yeah, legit I, team. I can, I can trust you know, that it's a legit organization. Yeah. 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 Um, and but yeah, but they there was this weird dynamic where like the league kind of like there was like split ownership and the old owner like still had like interest in the team like needed they, they worked out some deal where he's like okay you guys are on the team but i still get two tough guys like that have to be on the team so him and gill trevor gillies run the team like i'm you know gills like also my boy two, two killers just 
absolute murderers. <laughs> yeah. And the, co- the problem is the coach hates these guys. Like, no use for him. He's like an old Soviet, like, doesn't, no use for, like, anybody who's not skilled. Like, doesn't, like, it's a complete nuisance to him that he has to have these guys on the team. But the owner, like, one of the owners wants them in the lineup. In the, at least one of them in the lineup. But that was, like, part of the deal. They're like, all right, we'll clean it up. We'll put, like, a decent team out there. But, we but, get I, but I get one of these fucking yeah. guys to, to, to still be like our identity. Or I'm gonna have one atom yeah. bomb on my roster every game. Then it got to the point where they weren't playing. Like I think Yabo dressed in eight games that year. Gills might have played twenty. So they were just miserable. Like they were my buddies off the ice. It was tough for me because I was playing and like having a great time, and they were just miserable. Like wanted to kill the like kill him. Like, really? Yeah. Like voodoo doll wanted to kill him. Uh, Stapes told me that I need to ask. Actually, it relates this year about your first twenty-four hours in Russia, right after you saw, signed the contract. It wasn't right after I signed. My oh. visa got delayed like, um, mo- like a month and a half. It took forever to get my visa. Yeah. So by the time I actually got there, I missed all of training camp. Thank God, KHL training camps are it's like what torture. And then the team was on the road for like a four-game road trip. And once you get there, you still need more like paperwork and i had to go somewhere else. and so i wasn't ready i wasn't eligible to play yet um so i fly, i fly in first thing to happen fly out of jfk they told me like bring all your own equipment like whatever you want because it's tough to get stuff like people like yabo told me that like whatever you want to use like just bring it and yeah. turn in the receipts so i buy my sticks for the whole year like 41 pieces or whatever it is and like show up and they just vanished. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Someone's grabbing. Oh those yeah, at the yeah. Airport. Somebody like laughed when they saw him come through. Um, so I I show up and uh, you guys can probably leave and come. This this story takes a minute, but that's okay. I uh, the the sticks are gone. Nobody speaks English. Like when you get to Mo- the Moscow airport, if you've never been to, like Eastern Europe, like or Russia, like you are might as well be on Mars. Like you've entered a different world. And I don't know who's picking me up. Like every team has like a, yep. like a hand, like a logistics type guy. That's like, I don't know who's, I'm, I'm assuming someone's going to recognize me. Like I'm sticking out like a sword, like all my shit, my hockey stuff. I got all kinds. Of, and, uh, so I'm leaving without my, I spent a half hour trying to like explain that I lost my sticks and they're just like, nobody's helping me. So I leave. So I walk out finally from the baggage claim. I'm like sweating. I haven't talked to my wife. Like she doesn't even know if I'm alive. This was right before like iMessage and like my phone didn't automatically work when I got there. Yep. I needed like a plan. And like, You have your top card. prospects jacket on. I'm wearing the varsity jacket <laughs> and not the headphones. That <laughs> And uh, I go, um, so I like, I get like, as soon as I get out of the door from like the baggage claim, this guys come like burly russian dudes in leather jackets come like running up to me like start grabbing all my shit and i don't know if i'm getting kidnapped or rescued like i can't i can't tell and this kid's wearing this young looking dude sasha great kid he's the owner's son like the the owner who like the tough guys and he like kind of comes up to me speaks a little bit of english he's wearing it like you wouldn't mistake this kid for brad pitt like he's got like a mullet <laughs> run dmc like a adidas jumpsuit and like it's like a little pudgy like maybe five six and he's got like this whole crew bodyguards leather jackets like guns like these kids these guys have like guns holstered and i'm like oh we're really doing this <laughs> so they all grab my shit we go we go outside I, i'm not carrying anything like everyone's getting, getting carried for me we get in a full motorcade like three black suvs driving away from the airport and i'm like, like i'm with the go. right crew i think yeah, I, I, like, I think so yeah like whatever they found me so 
we get in the car he starts talking to me he's like my father just thought you know he's like it's like an hour and a half drive whatever back to the, the town is Chekhov it's in the outskirts of Moscow he's like my father wants to um, would like to meet you the junior team's playing he's like we'll stop he's like we'll drop your equipment off he's like my father wants to meet you we'll stop and say hi real quick at the arena you get rid of your stuff I'm like okay whatever so we we walk in through the locker room I like throw my shit down and I've heard like the owner of this team rumors that he was like mafia yeah I don't want to yeah, call it what you want to call it. I mean, just yeah. he was there was there was always rumors that the owner of VTS was very. The connected. chances yeah. of this guy this not having lies. told someone else to kill someone is very low. Let's yeah. just put it that way. I don't know. Right? Is that a that's fair, a good way to put it? I mean, hey, listen, he might be the one percent. He's probably put a hit out on somebody Something. somewhere. Maybe I have no idea. Maybe, True, but put it this way: people fear this guy. Whatever, like that was a real thing. I have no idea what was true and what's not. I get to the rink. And the junior team's playing. There's there's 65 people in the stands. And then I see this, like, smoked-out box, like, black glass, like, fully tinted that you can't see inside. So the son, Sasha brings me up. He's like, so we, like, walk through the bowels of the rink, up the, up the back steps. I have to go through, like, two checkpoints to get, like, padded down to get to this guy. And I still, mind, I'm in my pajamas. <laughs> like, you guys were on fucking NHL Network. <laughs> and... I don't. I haven't talked to my wife. No, like hours now. We're, we're, st- we're still in there. I get patted down. I get there, and I'm expecting like scary dude, scary yeah. looking dude. Like I don't know. Like I'm, I'm expecting a movie character, like fur jacket, like some guy to just grunt at me and like. So I walk in, and his dad's in this room. He's, he's like face up against the glass. Like couldn't be more interested in what's happening in the junior team's game. And junior, it's like the junior Vitez. You know, like the yep. you're, it's all like the same program from you all the, all the way to like pro. Up. No, it was like. That's like the age. That's okay, like, it was even lower. It was like junior, kids. like yep. 20. And, and he's like pinned up against the glass. And I'm thinking like, who's this guy? He turn, like, turns around wearing a... Tr- he's prop- no bigger than his son. He's maybe 5'7". Like skinny. If he's 150 pounds, that'd be a lot. Toronto Maple Leafs baseball hat on, pulled down over his eyes, and a triple XL hoodie that says Thug Life on it. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, I was like, no fucking way. This is him, yeah, and this and but like Thug life, yeah, like how, but it was, it was actually scarier because I'm like, this guy's got to be like a mean dude. Sounds if like because he, he doesn't five, look mean, seven, you know what I mean? Like life, he doesn't. So, so he and they do like the kisses, like you know what I mean? And he's like, and he doesn't speak any English, so his son has to translate every word he said. He's like, you know, small talk. How was your trip? All this stuff, and. He's like, come, you know, he's watch the game. So it's the first period of the game when I get there, the junior game. And I'm so tired and so, like, so, like gross. Yeah, clammy, you just want to shower. Sweaty. You don't, don't want to call my wife. Guy. I'm like, do you guys dead. have a phone? Yeah. And and I don't want to offend him, though. So I'm just walking. I'm like, yep, yep, yep. So he's, he's like, let's watch the game for a minute. And he's like, wait, you know, snaps his fingers. Girls come and start like lining up shot, like pour drinks. Like, let's have a drink. I'm like, all right. So the, he, she, it's like he's, she brings out a bottle of, bottle of Hennessy, the cognac. This your last name? Yeah, so I'm like, I'm thinking like, so I'm like, I don't know if he's, if this is like some kind of gesture, like he got, you know what I mean? Like he got this. By the way, it's the last thing you want to be drinking at that point. No, like, (laughs) give me a beer. Give me a beer. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what time it is. Yeah, like I don't, and and he's so. (laughs) Fucking crazy. So we do the, so we're watching the junior team play and like, obviously I don't give a fuck about the junior team's game. I just (laughs) want to go to sleep. And he's like, so we do it, but I'm afraid to offend this guy. So I'm like, and they're very ritualistic about drinking. So what I came to learn was like with him, everything is done in threes. I don't know, call it superstition or whatever. So if you do one shot, you got to do three. If you do four, you got to do six. 
and it's like and then there's all these rules like you after you do a shot you got to look everybody in the eye and like touch every like it's like stressful drinking with these guys <laughs> like you got to there's rules I quit yeah so we like so you do shot of hennessy i'm like ha ha my name's hennessy uh, you know can yeah, i go to fuck in the hotel please yeah, <laughs> and uh he's like so he like won't let me leave so then so like we do three shots the second t- so now the junior teams it's like a good game all of a sudden the second period we do another shot and they, they have this spread the biggest spread you've ever seen like all kinds of food and they would chase the shot with like dark chocolate or like vegetables like they're always chasing it with something like crazy spread to watch the juniors nobody's watching this game except him and he's got like a luxury spread like he could have fed 50 people he could have fed the whole rink with, with what was in front of him and these girls dropping down scraps yeah so we do a shot at one point and he's like you know he finishes it and he just turns around and fires the shot glass off the wall behind me <laughs> and it shatters and I was like like I, I look at his son like am I about to die like did I do something did I not fucking look the per you know that I didn't do the handshake right or something with this drinking and he fucking so and I'm like and I think I'm like he's pissed so now I'm just like staring out at the game like looking at the clock like I'm afraid to move so then we do another one and he does the same thing fires the shot glass off the off the fucking wall uh, yelling Russian or no just he's not sad. even yeah he's not mad okay. he's just like okay. he's just like Think. And every time he does it, a girl comes out of the back with a broom and sweeps it up every single time. And he keeps doing this over and over. So we, it, it, it gets better and better. I love this place. So now the game's in a shootout. It's three hours later, right? And I'm banging on the I'm loaded now because I have to do a show. I'm banging on the glass, throwing shot glasses all over the place. So now this guy loves me. And I realize that he only drinks Hennessy. It's the only thing he drinks. Like it's his favorite thing in the world. Oh, that's why he you had were bottles signed, and bought like coming. Yeah, I so, guarantee this guy got a phone call and the name Hennessy came up. He's like, sure, yeah. Hennessey. He's like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, there's a hockey player somewhere in the world with the name Hennessy. Like, let's get him so I can like we can sell a couple jerseys. Yeah, and it's cognac, right? Uh, so yeah, it's cognac. Which I, it's yeah, not yeah. even. I mean, Ugh. whatever. I don't like. Yeah. That is some, it was it was vicious. So we he's so now I'm I'm completely loaded. My wife still doesn't know if I'm alive. Like my kids were, I still haven't. So finally the game ends, and I'm like, all right, thank God, I'm gonna go to the hotel. We show up, the kid Sasha with his motorcade again, bodyguards, the whole the whole crew leaves, takes me to the hotel. They're like shut down, like the lights are all off. There's nobody in the lobby. Like he's like, maybe tonight it's more comfortable for you. You stay in my place. I'm like, all right, um, sure. Like if you got a bed, man, like I'll sleep in your car right now. Yeah. And uh, takes so first he's like, we gotta get you a phone. Takes me, makes the mall stay open. To the, the kiosk in the mall the, like the person had to like go back and open the mall back up and go to the kiosk so they could get me a cell phone so I could call my wife so like we do that now I, it's got to be four in the morning at this point so we go back to his place so we pull up to this like like Soviet Union area era like like kind of like dilapidated like this is like concrete looking apartment building like like six foot potholes in the parking lot like just it doesn't look like a real yeah. nice place like elevator to the top floor entire top floor has been blown out for his like for his apartment like the sun so it's all redone yeah they like evicted the people on the floor below them so for his girlfriend's closet i'm not kidding so we he like goes in so sasha's we walk in to get hungry i'm like a little to be honest with you i'm shit-faced at this point now it's like kind of fun i'm like kind of annoyed but it's kind of funny and he's like starts yelling and his girlfriend wakes up at four o'clock in the morning and she's like in her bra and underwear and comes out and starts like cooking for us 
And he's like, you play PlayStation? <laughs> I'm like, fucking, yeah, let's, sure. And uh, so, let's do it. so we go in the living room and he, he pulls down, he hits a button. We sit on these like big, it's like red leather fucking couches and like beanbag chairs. Like, Scarfish style. Yeah. Yeah. Like Tony, like exactly. Hits a button, full wall projection screen comes down. Like we're in these red leather, he's like pulls out the PlayStation controls, like gives me one. All he wants to do, so we start playing NHL. Is now his his poor girlfriend who was sleeping is she's like in the kitchen, like he's, she's got like a full bass that he happened to have in the fridge, just like cut in like a loaf of bread, like with the skin on it, and he's like giving it to us like it's sushi. And I'm like, you got any Doritos? <laughs> and uh, I go, <laughs> so we're playing PlayStation. He doesn't want to play a game. He just wants to play. He just wants to do a shootout, heads up, like one on one. He's like, all right, pick whoever you want. I'm like, all right, Datsuk. So I take Datsuk. So we play over and over. And he finds me in the game from like the year before. Like he called me up from fucking wherever I was. And he's like, so he's, he's going as me. And he clearly plays all the time. And I don't play PlayStation that much, but I have Datsuk and he has me. So I'm beating him. Yeah. And he's like, so he's like getting kind of pissed. And we're now I'm loaded and I'm like, like I'm whatever. And he's like, ah. He's like, you're not very good in this game. I'm like, no shit. Yeah. How, you how brought you think, me over here. I'm like, how do you think I ended up fucking <laughs> in your living room? <laughs> you had to call me up online. Right. Like, what are you? Uh, and then fi- so I sleep at his house and I wake up the next day like three in the afternoon. And f- I, f- I finally got a hold of my wife at some point. But um, that was my that was pretty much my my first day. Um, Chicklets memes is gonna have a Jesus tough, uh, tough one describing that one on uh, on Instagram. That is funny. I was gonna ask you what was like your first what the fuck moment in the KHL. That was like a series of them, like back to back. Yeah, I haven't even back. had. And and by the way, like he was awesome. Like he was really taking care of me. It wasn't like a bad thing. Oh, it was yeah. just I was just I just landed on a different planet. And it was like by the end, like I'm shit. Like I didn't expect to be shit faced. Like playing PlayStation at four in the morning before I like got to my hotel or wherever. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like I thought I might get to get a shower. Yeah, quick. exactly. Um, but then that was that was the. Uh, that what was about the start uh, of was that the year that you needed the ankle surgery? <gasps> no, no. Are we not talking ankle surgery story? <laughs> I don't know. Um, the surgery story. So, Russian like when Russians get hurt in the KHL, like they don't get surgery in Russia. Really? Like, like, I mean, maybe some of them do, but like, I'll, I know a bunch of them would go to Germany, um, and like, or whatever. So I had I had a bad experience. I guess the backstory is that I got when I blew my knee out in Switzerland. I ended up having surgery in the U.S. and like miscommunication with the team, insurance, whatever. It, my own surgery ended up costing me like a ton of money out of pocket. Really? Yeah. So my agent got me in like HSS in Manhattan, like best possible place to get it done did a great job made me healthy like fixed me so it was worth it but it cost me a bunch of money of my own money out of pocket so i just had that in my head i can't pay for another surgery like just like i don't make that you know i don't like i shouldn't have to pay you know what i mean so i but the to go back a little i get hit with a shot and it like on the outside of my ankle and it was like like a fucking stinger but like not you're not it, panicking. It didn't like snap. It was just like it felt worse than like a reg- you know what I mean? Like something might happen. And um after the game I go like I can't I try to go for the third, can't do it. Go I'm in check off like the feces home and go to uh, or um go to like the local hospital. And there's this like old x ray machine, which at the time I don't and it's like I had to like stand up on my other leg, like up this high to get the x ray. It was odd. Like, yes. So they're like, Nope. 
negative, like no fracture, like no break. So now I'm like, all right, but I'm hobbling around. I can't even stand on it. A week goes by. Then now the coach is like pissed because I think I'm not. He he's, he comes up. This is my second year. He comes up to me and he's like, um, we were playing in Kazan. It was one of the better teams typically in Russia. The next day, and he's like, uh, tomorrow you play. He's like, no doctors say. I say you play. And I was like, uh, and he, he like he wasn't asking. And the whole reason you're there is to make. Yeah, you have to. You have pay. to. You know what I mean? Like I could, like <laughs> I, I understood what he was trying. He could he hold a paycheck, right? Like you know, like this is not. He, he wasn't really asking, and um, so I'm kind of used to like that mentality by this point because it's my second year, and I'm like, all right, and I'm just kind of made peace with the fact that I'm going to do whatever I have to do to like get out, out there. get the money that I signed up for, and so like fly to Kazan. We're playing against Borky. He's on Kazan. And I'm in like morning skate. I can barely skate. He's like, you don't look good. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. So um, I'm trying to warm up the goalies and like, like not actually do warm ups because I can't even skate. So I'm just standing there, like just warm up the goalies the whole time. And I'm, I'm like about to pull the plug. I'm like, do you guys do what you got to do? But I can't play. But I come in, I'm like, they shoot me up with like something, needle in my ass before the game. Like, I think it was Voltaren, like strong, strong anti-inflammatory. Still in too much pain, but they're telling me it's not broken. So I'm like, am I being a pussy? I don't like maybe they got like, you questioning really, yourself. Yeah, but my ankle's this big. Like I can't even get it in my skate. And uh, I come in after one, so I'm like, I either need something stronger or this is not happening. Like I can't. So you sh- they shoot me up in the other ass cheek with morphine. Like to go morphine, morphine, Holy injected shit. morphine into my ass to play a hockey game. <laughs> So I'm like, <laughs> I had such like a whatever mentality at this point. Clearly. Like, just my body. Yeah. Like, and so I go out, I got like two shifts. I'm like, this is not, I can't I'm about to pull the plug. They take a penalty. We got a PP. I'm like, well, let's take a tough it I can get a point. <laughs> yeah, maybe <I'll> <laughs> I can get a quick point and yeah, then leave now, this game. One more shift. One more shift. <laughs> and uh, so a PP like puckets, like kept in rims. I try to like, I go behind the net. There's a video of it. And I like try to change direction. And it just snaps. Really? Yeah. Like, like I like hit, hit him with like a shimmy and tried to go the other way, and I felt it pop. And uh, there's a video online. You see me like, oh, like I don't want to watch it. That's white fucking... light pain, like oh, worst pain, like just, like punching the, like freaking out, like you're trying, like and um, so I'm pissed. It's like varsity blues. Yeah, I'm, I'm bullshit though. So I finally get helped off the ice, and I'm like fucking yelling at the coach, like yelling, at, like getting carried off the ice, like and. Uh, they take me to another, and, and the, this team doctor, this fucking idiot, is still like, well, I, I think it's not broken. Like, we're waiting. The, I'm in an ambulance. The bones sticking I'm like, out. yeah. I was like, I've had bruises before. I, I never, never ended up in an ambulance. <laughs> and uh, we get the, uh, so we get the x-ray in Kazan. It's like clearly snapped in half. And <laughs> so I fly. I call my agent. I'm like, get me out. Like, he's like, all right, fly, get on a plane back to Moscow. I fly back to Moscow. My agent picks me up. He's like, I'm going to take you to see a specialist. He's like, it's a, it's not a fancy place, but it's one of the best doctors in the country. He's like, it's a, he's explaining to me that he's a Russian military doctor and he kind of almost does it like, I don't, like pro bono or like, he's not. Does it for people he knows maybe. Like, or I think he's just like, he's like a very, like, he's like a patriot for Russia. Like he could make more money. I don't know. So we go to this like rough looking hospital. Like we pull up, we my agent picks me up at six in the morning. I fly back from Kazan and my agent was the man like really helped me out a lot Russian guy from Moscow takes me there he's like alright when we go through security he's like don't speak don't show anybody your passport I'm like 
All right. Like, you know. Okay. Yeah. Man, I just want to be relaxed. Again, I'm like, fuck, you know. And I've had, I only had like, you know, I still have some morphine in me from the game, but like, they don't like just give you opiates or anything. Like, there's no pain pills over there. Like, it's supposed to be administered by like a medical professional. So they can't give you like Percocet to travel or anything. Oh, shit. So certain we're off. So you're yeah, so I'm in bad. pain. Yeah. And we're sitting in Moscow traffic, which is the worst in the world. Yep. And we pull up. So I like walk through behind him through the gate, like pretending that I'm a mute or something, like staring at my feet and like limping in on crutches. And then we get to the lobby and he's like, go, he just walk past the desk and go wait in the corner by the elevator. So these ladies are like yelling at me and I'm just staring at my feet like hobbling. I go wait at the elevator. He starts in Russia. If you, whoever yells the loudest wins. Yeah, that's. <laughs> so my agent comes like, just like, just like puts these ladies in there, like yelling at them, like. And, and like kind of like alpha on them and like came over the top comes over the elevator like doesn't even ex- no explanation he's like let's go he's like the doctor's waiting for us so we go up and it's this little t- it's an office like half the size of this room like no windows and I'm like and it's this like unassuming looking guy and he doesn't speak any English the doctor and again and he's like looking at my x-rays so he's like doesn't speak one word of English my doc- the, my agent's translating he wants to take his own x-rays take our own x-rays he's like through through the tran- through my agent, he was like, "I understand if you're uncomfortable, you don't want to have it done here, but you need to have this done fairly quickly because if it starts to set, you're fucked. Like the bones were, oh you know, god. like not lined up. Oh my god, in like, Russia, man. yeah, like this is a panic. Like you need a plate and screws. Connor McDavid just got a doc. You should have got a doc. <laughs> you're kidding. fucking twenty four hours, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I'm like, and now it's the middle of the night at home. I can't really like consult with anybody. Like, my wife knows I'm hurt, but doesn't know, like, that I've flown back to, like, she doesn't know what's You're going on your own on this one, man. Yeah, and my t- I don't trust the team at this point because they were, like, pushing me to play the whole time. So I feel like I got my agent and this guy. So he's, like, kind of being cocky about it, and he pulls out the kit, and I, like, get hooked up to the Wi-Fi. I'm on my iPad, like, Googling, like, what is the sur- what is the surgery for this injury? Like, I'm looking it up, trying to find what, something What online. am I going to have done? Right, here? and, and going to compare it to whatever this guy's about to say to me that he's going to do to me. Like... You know what I mean? So oh, like, my God. Oh, but it's not broken English. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not getting broken in the, in the, the, in the translation. Yeah. Right. So, when I get, and the guy's being kind of cocky. My, my, and I see, like, there's, like, some Olympian, like, pictures with, like, thanks, you know, in Russian, whatever. Like, I assume it's, like, thanks, Doc. Like, Olympian gold medalist sign. Like, these, this guy has obviously worked on some important people, like, athletes in Russia. Made me feel a little bit better. And then I said, I was, like, to my agent, I'm, like, is there any chance that the team would pay for this if I had it in the United States or somewhere else? And he's, like, well, how much would that cost? I was, like, judging by my knee surgery, 40 grand. I don't know. You know, a lot. And he's, like, Ugh. I was, like, how much would it cost <laughs> he here? He starts laughing. So the guy goes through his book, and he's adding things up in rubles. And I'm, like, all right. He's, at, like, he's still going. It's going to be significant. And he's, like, about 17,000 rubles. And I'm, like, how much is that? Which at the time was, like, 600 bucks. So the answer is no. The team's not going to fucking pay for it to have it done somewhere else. So, and I'm like, and, the, and my agent's like, "Do you have six hundred bucks on you?" And I'm no like, way, man. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> wait, I'm paying for this right now yeah. with cash. Well, I'm like, and he's like, well, you know, he's like, you should get it done quickly, kind of. And I said, well, when could you fit me in? Thinking like, you got a schedule later this week. I'll come back. We'll, you know, I got time to like bail and come to my senses. And he's like, well, did you eat breakfast? He's like, when's the last time you ate? I'm like, I had a bagel on the plane. He's like, all right. So like, wait till, he's like, so wait till noon, like today. So they take me to this like waiting room and I'm thinking like, all right, I got a couple hours here to like, my wife lands. Get out of this space. Yeah. Like my wife lands and my parents will be like, what do you, you know? And I never really talked to anybody. And I'm just like, and I'm in this room with like 
there's like a little TV in the corner. I'm not like hooked up to any. It's just not like what you picture being being, being in a hospital, like like a pre-op room. And these girls come in all of a sudden, like 10 minutes later, like I've been in there. Like I thought I had two out. Like you said, we're going to do a new, like 10 minutes later. And they don't speak one word of English. These like, they look like 20 year old Russian girls, like the nurses. And they start like yelling at me in Russian. Till, they're like giggling. I'm a zoo animal to them. Like they've clearly <laughs> never seen an American person. I'm in like a Russian military hospital that they, I'm not even supposed to be in apparently. And they're like, like give me this, like stand up. And by this time I understood a little bit of Russian. So they're and they're like, so I'm like, you're going to give me like a, what they call it? Like a, a Johnny. Like a John, yeah. And now I'm thinking that. And the girls, they, had, they wheel a stretcher in. Like I'm sp- clearly supposed to hop on this thing. And it's got like a wool blanket on it. It's not like, and I'm like, and they're like going like this, like get undressed, like gesturing for me to get undressed. And I'm like, and they're both standing this far away, like closer than Biz is to me. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Naked. Yeah. Gear down. And I'm like still in my boxers and I'm, and they start laughing oh. and start pointing at my boxers like. Like, am I like yeah, the, yeah, the full yeah. show? Let's see, let's the see full it. show. Let's see so I'm like, all right, whatever. So I'm fully naked, under my own power now, with a broke, like shimmy onto the stretcher. Um, take me, like shimmy on the stretcher, and they're still giggling and talking to each other, and I'm on like lying down like this, and they're wheeling me down the hallway. There's like flickering lights and like peeling paint <laughs> off the ceiling, and I'm thinking like, if I don't get. Like if I don't, if I get into if this, I wake up, well, you've had surgery with like in the U.S. You get like you don't remember getting to the operating room. No, no, you like you, you're I mean, in a you're, wheelchair at one point. They're like, "What's your favorite drink?" Ha ha ha. They like give you, you something like 10. calm you down. Yeah, like I have still only had like Tylenol being wheeled into the operating room. It's like they wheel me up to the operating table, and now the doctor's back in there with his mask on, like ready to go. And this is 15 minutes after I was in his office. Right, and they're all speaking, they're all speaking Russian. Russian. Not, nobody's speaking one word of English. And they're like under my own power again telling me to shimmy from the stretcher onto the operating table. So I'm like naked in front of 10 people. So I like shimmy, completely naked. Lie down on the metal operating table. And I'm like, and then they, they like strap you in because you like twitch and stuff. And I was like, oh, I might be, in a, can't ask one I might be in a predicament here. This is recommended to you. <laughs> yeah. And I was just kind of like in a goof. I don't know. And then I could hear him talk. And I, the Russian I understood, he was talking to the, the doctor was, the surgeon was talking to the anesthesiologist. Like, how much should I give him? I understood that. And the guy said like 45 minutes or whatever. Or I, that's what I understood. So the guy's like, you know, they don't say count backwards from zero. I'm just like. Waiting to fall asleep. Yeah. Like, am I going to wake up here? Oh my and, God. And, uh. So I wake up to the guy. I'm, I'm getting slapped in the face. I'm like next thing I know, and I look around. I'm still on the operating table. In the, like you wake up in recovery in the U.S. Yep. Like crackers as a nurse, you're like warm blankets. Still on the operating table, and I'm like now I'm high from the anesthesia. Like I'm like now I'm fluent in Russian. Like asking the guy, <laughs> like how long was I out? Like I was like giving him a thumbs up. Like it's like this is like good job, doc. I'm trying Where'd to like go? I'm trying to like dab him up. Like thanks, doc. <laughs> And I shimmy back. She's like, so that he like hits the fucking stretcher is still there. So I shimmy back on the stretcher and then they wheel me back down the hall, like back into the recovery room. And I have, and, and they, they don't, again, they don't give you, there's no morphine drip. There's no like, so I had to stay there for 24 hours. Oh, that must have hurt when that all wore off, man. Well, so every time I was in pain, I had to yell down the hallway. Like I knew the Russian word for pain. I was like, Balit. so like every, I'd be like, I was just wasted on whatever they gave me now. So I'm like, I'd be like, Balit. <laughs> And the same girl was like babysat me for 24 hours. She would come down the hall and we just, she just kept switching ass cheeks on which she put the ne- where she put the needle in. I'm totally naked. I never put any clothes on. And it's like I'm sweating, so I'm just completely on top of the covers naked. 
and she was just and she just so I just got like five needle marks in each ass cheek and um 24 hours later they let me leave and the doctor's like you know you can probably fly in like a week and my agent comes back and checks on me and I can't put any weight on it for it so I'm like I'm going home to my agent I'm like I'm fucking going home so so I look at he's like you can fly in a week I was like doc if I was going to the airport right now what would you tell me like, is there any advice for me? Because that's what's happening. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, not, I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm flying. Yeah. Like I'm going directly from here to the airport, the airport and flying to Boston. And he's like, and he's like, Ooh. I was like, can you give me some harder drugs? Like Something to help. To with help. The pain? Yeah. And this is again through the translator. He's like, no, not really. He's like, gives me like, you know, ibuprofen, like strong Tylenol basically. And he's like, finally he speaks English at the end. He's like, I was like on the plane, what should I do? He's like, do you drink? I was like, yeah, I drink. He's like, you should drink. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> blue to blue. He's tasky. like, uh, swing by the VTS rink. They have bottles of Hennessy lined up <laughs> yeah, in the basement. Exactly. Grab a couple of those. Exactly. So, oh my god, that is. Did surgery end up working though in the long? Yeah. Run? So I get, yeah. I came home and uh, like did a follow up with like the Bruins guys at Mass General next door, and they were like impressed. Yeah, like wow, completely right, so what they were done. So my agent was right. Wow. And so, it only cost me six hundred bucks. Yeah, even, though on the, even though you're on Russian brasses right now and still don't know it. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> this guy, this guy right here, paid six hundred cash to have ankle surgery in Russia. Yeah, plate and screws are still in there. Oh, dude, news. thank you so much for coming on here. I mean, there's plenty more. We can have a round two the way we did with Stapleton because we have a million stories to ask you about him. <laughs> but this has been long enough, so we appreciate it very much. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks for coming on, brother. Much appreciated. <laughs> As always, huge thanks to our guest this time, Josh Hennessy. Great guy. Like you said, Biz Man Rocket, some funny Russia stories. Dude, that's a, a wild, wild place. But uh, we appreciate him coming on. So big thanks to him. Uh, we got to get that owner on. <laughs> oh, we got yeah. to get it. If he can't speak English, we get the translator. And, and it'll be, make it even wackier ride. Yeah, we'll have to do neutral sites and get like flown in on fucking planes or something. We've been kind of bashing the KHL for a little while. I'm not we sure. Gotta we got to get them. We got to get on their side. We got to. We got to like mend the peace here. This is, this is like a world tragedy. We got to get this thing going. Cool. Ah, uh, yeah, fucking nuts. You you mentioned Seattle Biz a few minutes ago. The name delay. It was the naming was supposed to be in April, uh, but they postponed it. Obviously, with everything going on, it's sort of a festive occasion. So they did, they probably don't feel the uh, atmosphere is right right now for that. They didn't give a time frame when they're going to name it. So I'll just keep fucking rattling off the names in my head for you. Uh, some other big news out of Canada. Uh, all three of the leagues that make up the juniors, uh, the Q, the OHL, WHL, all all announced the, the conclusion of their regular seasons, not their playoffs. They con- announced the conclusion of their regular seasons. Uh, the goal remains to conduct the playoffs at a later date. That's WHL statement. Uh, the OHL, I'm sorry, yeah, the OHL said when it was when it is safe and we may resume play, we'll advise the status of the 2020 playoffs. Uh, the Q didn't say anything about the playoffs in their statement, but this is a huge deal shutting down juniors in Canada. Uh, with dog, do you have anything you want to chime in on here? No, not really. Okay. All right, yeah. I mean, I, Biz. I mean, you know what? The only thing that sparked my mind when you said juniors is we got uh, we interviewed Akil Thomas, and what an unbelievable kid! Yeah. I am so excited to drop this interview. Um, he talked about very strongly about his old man and and. Uh, and, and some hardships he's had, um, even transitioning from playing into uh, you know real life, and just so well spoken, so so beyond his years. So uh, that's the only thing that sparked that. I'm, I, I don't know when we're going to drop that. We're going to have to rejuggle the schedule here because we got a lot of good ones for you guys coming up. We still got Cam Neely. I know some of you people have been barking at us for that one. 
we got some good stuff coming your way, folks. So uh, be patient. But that's the only thing I wanted to mention as far as juniors is concerned. Yeah, he was he was a, a real good interview for a young kid, which sometimes you don't always get. Uh, meanwhile, in the states, uh, they, the junior league out in the, more of the Midwest, the USHL, they canceled the remainder of this season. They're done. No playoffs. Uh, they're going to announce the awards in a couple of weeks, but basically they're donezo for the year. And this was not uh, hockey-related, but this is interesting. The U.S. and Canada agreed to close the world. It's the world's longest undefended border, 5,500 miles. It's closed to all non-essential travel. I don't know what they consider essential and non-essential, but it won't affect trade. No time frame yet on how long it will be. But 200,000 people cross the border every day, man. It's a pretty, pretty fucking big deal to just say, all right, we're going to close the border. Again, just indicative of what we're dealing with here. And, uh, and I think this is the biggest one to me. It was probably the Vegas Strip shutting down. Now, Vegas is a soulless place. They'll, they'll fucking let you sign a marker and a blackout. They'll take all your fucking money. And the fact that they're shutting down and not, like, closing casinos, that's probably, like, the biggest deal. When Vegas shuts down, that, you know, that's indicative, again, how, how big of a deal it is. Their governor, uh, he issued a statewide mandate putting a freeze on gambling, except for mobile gambling. Uh, closure of bars, movie theaters, gyms. It's, it's, you know, Vegas shutting down. They haven't shut down since JFK's funeral back in November of 63. So, fucking, these are wild times. But we got a little levity here for you. The, the videos from Italy, Biz. They, they've been kind of, talk about people making the most of a shit situation. Unbelievable you know, people. The whole country shut down. People are, like, confined to their homes, and there's a shitload of balconies. A lot of these videos are coming from Rome. There was uh, one video where they, they were um, doing Gloria, you know, one guy was singing the Gloria. Then uh, there was another one, this famous tenor. He was like, you know, he's a millionaire. He's out on his porch blowing out these opera arias Oh, I was going to say that. I was like, I thought that was just some random dude. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, every dude in Italy just sings like that. Yeah. <laughs> that that's yeah. pretty cool, right? But I didn't know he was a famous tenor. Yeah, and then another guy started playing a song on his piano, and then another dude come out on his porch with a saxophone. They had the, the dude who looked like Marshawn DJing on his stove. Oh, yeah. The video went viral. Hey, I'm <laughs> so, I was so jealous that when I looked, somebody had already tweeted, uh, tweeted that comment because I was me, like, dude, me. that looks like Marshawn. <laughs> he was a mutant. No offense, Marshawn. Um, but the, the funniest video biz, though, there's a camera panning across the like you know, street palazzo, whatever the hell it's called, and everyone's just kind of hanging on the porch. And you look down, <laughs> and this guy's getting a hummer right on his balcony. And I texted back to Biz, I'm like, "That's that's fucking not six feet right there." She was in full oh, fucking stride too. Okay, so that was a okay. case. So I sent that video to Ra. I know some of you are like, "Oh, you're so immature." Listen. I'm looking for any type of entertainment. So I'm all worked up like, oh my God, what's going now? Like, why is this, why are the streets empty? And then it's, as it's panning, it gets to the end, it goes down. And she was a beautiful woman. And she was giving this guy a nice fucking blow job. And I send that to the group chat and, and, when, <laughs> and RA hits me with it. Like as in the, with, what do they call it? Social spacing now? Yeah. Yeah. And he social goes, that's distance, not, yeah. that's yeah. Social distancing. He goes, that's not six feet. And I, I got a nice little chuckle. I can. I, that might have been one of Ra's best comment backs in the in the group chat. Wit, would you not agree? Uh, that was hilarious. Did you? What did you just call it? Social what? I forget. Space, I think he said spacing. Social, social spacing. spacing. So the only person that does spo- social spacing. Hey, hey well, time out. That's hold the- on. The only person who does social spacing, except instead of social distancing, is Bill Bulacek. Okay. All right. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I was going to say that's actually my cue to unveil the new name for the Seattle team, the Seattle so- Social Spacing. That's uh, <laughs> The Seattle Social Spacings. <laughs> and the logo will be that fucking guy getting a hummer on the fucking wrong. 
Beams. Job for him. Oh, yeah, shit. six feet of separation. The uh, Seattle, well, spe- that, what is it? Seattle special spacings. Seattle special spacings. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, that's fine. <laughs> social, well, anyways, social, social spacings. That that wraps up the the Corona part of the show. Uh, we're gonna send it over to Wit because he's got a golf tail for us. We know everyone loves Wit's golf tails, but this one's uh, a little different, right, Wit? This is bad, 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 guys. And I got about 20 minutes, I think, I'm going to speak right now. And if you don't care about golf or like golf, hang up. Shut your car radio off. Just shut it down. <laughs> oh, Rick. Rick is fucking yeah. he's turning into the Hulk. No, I don't care. I need, to, I need to share with you people what happened. So if you know the show, uh, you know I love golf. And if you remember an episode that where uh, I talked about a golf round and I, I got so... Uh, what's the word just i was i was i was on cloud nine i was telling a story and i was talking about what had just happened to me and my partner that day and it was the day of a lifetime we qualified for a usga event the four ball now i'm going to tell you you go back to episode two 200 what is what are we now episode 280 so go no, back two, eight, 254 now okay come on so little just come on a, just a tad off go back 54 episodes to episode 200 and one minute and 50 seconds in i talk about what happened and if you can go listen to that even maybe before you listen to what i'm about to say you'll you'll realize what what how just crushed i am right now so we qualified for the us usga four ball which is two-man teams you go out and you you you, you got to play 18 holes and there's there's about 52 qualifying sites. I'm going to guess there's 40 to 50 teams at each one. And, and you end up getting 256 golfers. So half of that is 128 teams. Math guy, thank you. 128 teams qualify in a chance to win a national title. Now, people who don't get golf don't really understand. I don't, I don't blame you. It's all so confusing. The USGA is like the governing body over golf in the United States. They host the U.S. Open. They have been notorious over the years for completely just making fools of themselves with different stupid decisions and worrying about the most minute, dumbest detail and giving guys penalties for something that you're just like, what? And just always sort of like getting in the way in a sense while also making the rules and running golf. So there's many things they do great. I'm not going to say that that's not true, but they, and I'll give you a little example of what these people have done before. Dustin Johnson, if you don't remember, this guy was in the United States Open in the lead and he's playing and his ball, his putter touched the ball by accident. This was at Oakmont. And all of a sudden, the USGA realized on the TV that his ball, his putter might have hit the ball and slightly made the ball move. And they went out and they told him, hey, Dustin, he's competing for his first major title. He's got, I don't know, six, seven holes left. Hey, Dustin, so it looks to us like you might have hit the ball. Um, now, what we're going to do is we're not going to tell you what the deal is right now. You might have a penalty at the end of the round. You might. You might get a one or two stroke penalty, but it's not for sure. And we'll talk to you when you finish your round. So they went up to this fucking poor guy and imagine playing golf the rest of the round. I'm going to give a little analogy for you, all you hockey fans out there. It would be like if your team was up three to one and the ref went over to the bench and the whole team huddles around the ref and he's like, come in here, guys. I got to tell you something. And everyone's like, what's going on? You get around and the ref says, okay, guys, I know you're up three to one right now. 
But at the end of the game, we might take away one of your goals. So you might only be up two to one right now. So I wouldn't give up another goal because we're going to tell you after if we're actually going to end up taking a goal away. Do you see what I'm saying? It makes no sense. That's what they did to this guy. So they have done this time and again, dumb decisions. And now so what happened? Did he have a, did he have a mental No, he ended breakdown? up winning by three shots. And I think he might have still got a penalty shot. I'm not sure there. It was more about the fact that they went out and told him, hey, you might have a penalty. Now, good luck playing the next six holes. If you're considering he doesn't even know what his actual score is, depending on if he gets the penalty or not. So it was a horrible decision. And it was an example I'm giving right now, basically to try to show like, some of the things that this organization has done has been just so like ass backwards before that I'm about to tell you what they did to me and my partner and 254 other golfers. And I think you're going to be disgusted and really, really think it's an unfair move. So what happened was as, as this awful coronavirus started coming about and everything started getting canceled, I thought, wow, there's a chance this thing's getting canceled. You know, the last week, everything's getting shut down. I thought, oh, man, they're probably going to cancel this thing. But you know what? They'll, they'll move it to the fall or next year we'll play. And it's, it's, it sucks. I was getting ready. I was getting fired up for May. It was May 23rd. But, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Everyone's losing stuff as we talked about all the senior athletes and everyone. So the news breaks yesterday that the USGA uh, releases, releases a, a, a tweet, and I actually got an email before, and every got, everyone got the email just, hey, I uh, just want to let you know what's going on. Uh, you'll see a, a message from the USGA, but so-and-so was the guy running the tournament. I don't remember his name. I want to let you know what's going on. We, uh, we canceled the four ball, men's and women's. We just canceled them. And local qualifying for the US Open, which is another story, that's also canceled. So... I said, uh, what? I'm reading this. What? Canceled with no plan to play again. It's just done. We're on to 2020-21, okay? I'm like, there's no way that we're not going to be in this tournament whenever they're playing it again. There's no way. Like, I'm reading right now, canceled. We're on to the next year. I'm thinking, no way. No way. They can't be taking this away from us. We, we went out there, all those teams that got in, the 128 teams, they did it. They, they fought the 18 holes. My, my partner, Captain Action, the one-armed bandit, he putts one-handed, birdied the 18th hole. We shot 600, six under, to get into a five-team playoff for two spots, and we got one of the spots, um, and we did it. So, we, we, no, they're going to let us in that tournament, man. Whenever they play it again, that's right. That's how you have to do it. Nope. Nope. We're done. We're out. And, and, and to make a decision like that, and here's, and here's the kicker, guys. Here's the kicker. I knew it before I read it and talked to other people. I said, oh, my God. I know why they're not letting us in. These guys aren't letting us in because they have qualifying set up for this tournament in 2022. The qualifying will be this fall. So I know that may sound a little confusing, but I got in in the fall of 2019 for a tournament in spring of 2020, right? So right. come up in fall of 2020 in September, October, November, they're going to have the qualifying for the tournament the next year. Right. And they're going to make money. Money. Because every single guy paid 160 bucks or whatever it was, 300 bucks a team. And how many teams try to get in this thing? 
uh, 3,000, I don't know, 2,000, I'm, I'm making a guess. I'm going to guess that they probably are going to make about 600 grand on the qualifiers. And let me tell you, that is nothing to this group. The United right. States Golf Association, 600 grand to them is, is like a decimal rounding out yeah. the, the, at the end. Like it doesn't, that does, they don't even know what's missing. And they are going to, to take away a dream come true for me and a lot of other kids out, guys out there. And, and you may laugh and think, what a loser. I, think, Amateur I golf. think some big boys need to step up. No, and so say I got, I got, I, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Biz. Let's talk when I, because no. I got a couple things. Oh, I so, want to talk about this. I'm, okay, he- I'm heated right thank now. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so so the money, they, they do not need the money, but that's what it's about because I've talked to a lot of people in, in the golfing world and the amateur golf world. Oh, that was the other thing. People say, amateur golf, relax with like, Guys, amateur golf's different. You, you're talking, if you try to compare your men's league hockey team to amateur golf, these guys, I'm, not, I'm, I'm a two handicap. Some of these guys are plus two, plus three, plus four golfers. They're shooting 66, 65. It's not like you. You guys are slow in men's league. You still got the skill. No, Nobody man, goes to watch cup. men's league. People go to watch high-end amateur golf. All right, once yeah. again, that is not me. But I got into one of the tournaments because my partner's a complete stick, and I made a couple big birdies, and they screwed us. And they took it away from us unfairly because they're looking to make an extra buck and it's not right. And all you have to do is allow the, the teams that qualified for the 2020 U.S. four ball at Philadelphia Cricket Club, a legendary course in the United States, two different 18 hole courses. You let all those guys, unfortunately, they have to miss it at Philly. But wherever the tournament is in 2021, you let the field that qualified for this one into that. And then you start refresh for 2022. It's only right. Every single person I've talked to has not given me a reason that would make any sense that they would do this to the people who deserve to be in. This is men and women. The only reason is the money. And the money means nothing to them. And I, I'll say this. like This is like a well-oiled machine, oh, right? Like they have more oh, money than buddy, God, they, right? they make $150 million every year on the U.S. Open. They make, I, I've actually heard they make, oh, 90, they make 90% of their money. I, I, these numbers could be off, but this, I know they're close. They make 90% of their money on the, the men's U.S. Open. I mean, it is their biggest moneymaker. It's a major. Everyone knows what the deal is. But they, I, I tell you right now, the money they make from the qualifier for the U.S. four balls is a penny. And... And when I, when I say that, when I, I've talked before about golf and how much of a golf nerd I am, and I, I'll, I'll blatantly admit it, but I've also said that it's really helped me with retirement when everyone has times when they struggle. And we talk a lot about this all the time, Biz and I, with guests that we interview too. I, took into, I got into golf, man. I, I, I was one way with hockey. I was obsessed with hockey growing yeah. up. It's all, oh, buddy, I, I, know it's all I know. It's all I cared about. It's, it was my entire life. There was no backup plan. There was nothing. It was hockey. And when I retired, and luckily I made the money where I could when I was able, I, I, I got into golf, and I was a 15 handicap. I was terrible, and I got into it. And the, the, the worst part is my partner, Doremio, he, he's been, he's been, he's played in three U.S. Mid-Ams. The winner of that tournament goes to the Masters. He's a really good player. This guy's a stick. And I've played with him since I was a 15 handicap. He used to give me 16 shots. We'd play for like 10, we'd play for decent money. We'd play for a, a lot of cash and I, and I lost a lot of money, but I learned how to play the game by like playing with a really good player. And I got really into it. And I remember he told me when this tournament was created five, six years ago, whenever it was, 
He's like, dude, the USGA just created this tournament. It's unreal. It's partners. Imagine playing an event with partner for the United States Golf Association. And I didn't even understand what that was at the time. He's like, that, that, that's as cool as it, as it gets. That's honestly like where I want to, I'd love to play in one of those. And what happens years later, I actually improve enough to play in those type of things and me and him get in. And now they're taking it from us. And they're taking it from us, and I don't blame them for canceling the tournament, but every guy who – and I got some messages. I got a bunch of messages. I just want to let you guys know. One kid told me, um, my buddy and I played at Sand Ridge in Chardon, Ohio. We met in Pittsburgh and grew up playing junior golf together. We've been really good friends for our whole lives, 29 years old. We birdied four of the last five holes to get in through a seven-hole playoff to make it in. I drove back to Indianapolis. I got in at 2 a.m. after we got in. Best day of my life. I was back in the dental office seeing patients the next morning by 7.30. It was going to be my first USGA event. And then they fucking cancel it with an email and a fuck you exclamation point on top. That's the other thing. They sent us this email. Just, hey, guys, canceled. Sorry. What? No yeah, explanation? Yeah. You couldn't even postpone it. You couldn't postpone it until the fall or the winter and then do another one. And it's just so rude how they did it. And so, and then the other kid, I had one other guy. Um, That's not class. That's not, not classy. The, the, U, the USGA holds a certain precedent of, of class. I, I, I mean, when you say it to me, it sounds classy. I think of like wearing like a sweater vest and shit. <laughs> you know, I feel like put my polo on and feel it being a, being a pompous asshole. Uh, but so, I mean, you think they would put a little bit of a fucking presidential stamp on that one or something like, Hey, it's the commissioner. Like we thought long and hard and we understand. And like, like at least like think of like five excuses to throw in there to like, make me not think it's about money. <laughs> not the old, like, uh, yeah, see ya. <laughs> hey, the Tom Barrasso, like the fucking uh, looking out the Ferrari, putting down his glasses being like, uh, Yeah. <laughs> And poking them back up. Exactly, Biz. And you know what? I, I, I will say this. They said, um, we'll send you your money back from the qualifier. Dude, keep the money. I don't, I don't want your money because it's pretty obvious that you, you, you gave all these guys who deserve the chance. You gave them the boot for the money you're going to make at the next qualifier. And I think it's unfair. And I'll continue to try to get into these events. And who knows if I ever get into another USG event. There's a very, like, I mean, there's a, easy chance that never happens so i'm gonna work continue to work and, and try to get in one but it was it's it's just shitty news so if you do want to help out nothing rude i don't need anyone being rude but you could send them you could send them an email you could send them a tweet i mean you could send these guys an email um it, i think it's at comments at usga.org you could tweet at them and don't be dickheads please that doesn't help me that won't help any of the, the, the participants. But if you could realistically say, hey, guys, all the U.S. four-ball participants, men and women, they deserve to play in the next one. Yeah, and we're not I'm getting, sorry for taking up your time, but it we're was not just getting, uh, Hey, we're really not getting nice. Vindog out on, the, on this. <laughs> hey, we're not getting... <laughs> oh, no, Vin, <laughs> they'll give, they'll give <laughs> Vindog a spot in the U.S. Open before they try to deal with them in the meme war. <laughs> oh, but, hey, man. uh... I was going to say, Wit, you could take the high road here like big time and take that money back from the qualifier and put it to the ECHL player. Okay, I'm in for 150 bucks. There you go. There you go. Boom. You're the fucking man, Wit. 
And I loved Thanks, what buddy. you said, and it came from the heart. And does it not they, to somebody who doesn't follow? Ne- does it does it not seem wrong to you what they did, man? Hey, they're gonna have hey hey. There's they're probably gonna have like a spy on you now, like a USGA. Spy. Yeah, call hey? Snoop. Yeah, but if you call. listen to what I just said, I think it's all pretty realistic in no, terms I know. of what, what my disappointment is about, and 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 why I'm feeling the way I am as long. Well, with I know now else. you got the Russians and the USGA after you. Somebody's you're taking fu- me down. You're fucked. Well, we we should call you Paul buzzing at tonight because you'd be buzzing tonight, Biz. I yeah. smoked a lot of weed before this one. I'm sorry if I've been no, rambling. dude. It's I'm laughing my balls off, and I'm sure everyone listening is doing the same thing. It's been hilarious. No, I, um, I mean, ask Win. I've been out of my mind. Like I've been, I've been a little bit much in the group chats. Like these guys must be like, huh, maybe go for a walk, Biz. <laughs> you know, I've been a little bit. Uh, <laughs> well, you're, but, you're, you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in my apartment. I can't go anywhere. I'm like, dude, chuck a kid in the mix and try to see how you feel. <laughs> Yeah, rider fell over it. Rider's running today, running with his hands in his pocket. I was like, "Oh no, 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 no!" I could just see it. Boom! Face planted <laughs> into the driveway. Huge fat lip caught on his eye. I'm like, "Oh, you look like a hockey player, buddy." <laughs> How long did he cry for? Not too long. He probably cried for like two, three minutes, and then we sat on the couch, chucked on a movie, and threw some ice on there, and he just sat there and took it. He's been going nuts since. Maybe awesome. a conky, but I think so- he's good. Those are you pl- are you planning when you're when you're a kid to like during this age bracket where they're still kind of stumbling on their feet a little bit that w- once a day that they're going to cry because they hit themselves by accident in some way? Uh, he's Is not, it once a day? He well, he's he's over two now, so he's he's he runs and walks like he's not like klutzy like running into things or but or falling over. I'll say like when you're learning to walk, but yeah, he buries himself. He buries himself, and you see it. You see it coming from a mile away. <laughs> Come you know, you, on, you, you, turn oh, the brain yeah. on. Head on well, a swivel he, bike. He's, he's doing head rolls, and then there's like we have these big ottomans, and then he's getting near the end. I'm like, no, boom, boom. I'm like, oh, bud, how do you not see that you're falling off the end of it? <laughs> hey, you're like, come on, man, head on a swivel there. Oh man! Come on, have a little situational awareness, right? Yeah, come on, Seattle situation. See the ice. See the ottoman floor. Hey, live and learn. You probably won't do that again. Ottoman floor. It's two different things. Hey, Biz. I know you're on Twitter quite a bit. Did you happen to catch the big dust up today on there with uh, Uncle Bob and the owner of the Hockey News? I mean, yeah, yeah. I'll they were going in. back at each other? Well, yeah, I'll fill you in. Basically, uh, Bob tweeted, uh, sadly, it's my understanding that staff at the Hockey News has been laid off. I have a lot of friends there, so think of them hoping for the best <clears> for them. And then this guy, Graham Roostan, I guess he's kind of a dickhead. I kind of asked around a little bit. He bought the Hockey News two years ago. I mean, it's fucking gone downhill since. He tweets at Bob. He's like, you should clean up or delete your tweet. Your choice of words is causing mass conf- mass confusion. Bob's like, no, my tweet's accurate. Because I read it twice. I'm like, well, yeah, he said that staff. He didn't say all the staff. I mean, if you had to read it twice, fine. But he didn't, like, fuck it up. And this guy, like, was just wicked, like, rude to Bob. And Bob's, like, taking the high road. He, like, retweeted what he asked. But then he, like, fucking added. He kind of, like, put one final tweet, Bob, did like, worded it the way he wanted but was kind of like smart ass or being a smart ass about it the guys and then he's that guy was tweeting stories at him all day here's another story we did today and I, like i i texted someone i know like who is this guy They're like he's a peck ahead man i know he's loaded so he you're news, but I, I i didn't see that um and and you're the more journalistic one too and you like you you know you stick up for the journalists uh that's so unfortunate how many of them there were there 
there's a few of them in there because uh, Bob said, well, Graham, two things to that. My tweet is not inaccurate. I made sure to retweet your tweet. So I figured I tweeted what I tweeted. I retweeted what you tweeted. So I'm not sorry if I'm not seeing the mass confusion you're seeing. And then, like, he come back at Bob and's like, you need to clean this up. Like, he was just being a dickhead to Bob McKenzie, who, by the way, was the editor of the Hockey News. Yeah. Show. He's probably yeah. one of the most liked guys in, in yeah. Canada. Bob, Bob. There's a reason they call him the Bob father. Yeah. And, and, it's, and guy, it's not like the mob where he's the one killing everyone off. He's actually, like people just getting offended actually well-respected. Yeah. People are getting offended on his behalf <laughs> because of the way this guy talked to him. And like I said, the guy bought so, the Hockey News two years ago, and it's fucking... Damn. So sorry to all those people who, who have been laid off. Now, is this is it, are they just going to rehire them when... It gets back going again. Well, that this guy said that it's oh, it's temporary, like it's going on everywhere else. But you know, uh, we'll see what happens there. But I guess eight of twenty people uh, got laid off, and some are doing working online. But you know, we'll see if they get hired back in two, three, four months. His whoever, tweet but. wasn't inaccurate. Bob's wasn't. No, no not at so all. Tell that guy to take a hike. Stay yeah. off of our. Stay off of our Wizard of Oz. Wizard yeah. Bob. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I just want to fucking give him. It's not that Bob needs us to stick up for him, but it was one of those things that caught my eye. Yeah, don't like, come at don't the Bob father. Just, and then I, I mean, come on. heard this guy was kind of a peck ahead, too. So then I was like, all right, we'll definitely bring it up then. Did you happen to see the Canes tweet thread today, Biz? The one they tweeted at something about. It was very creative. They creatively tweeted to all 30 teams in the league. The other 30 teams, rather. And everyone was, like, pretty funny, man. It was uh, – it was good work by their social media team. They've been doing pretty good. They're one of the better ones out there. Check that out if you haven't seen it. It's just a nice thing. I mean, you know, some people are trying to be nicer to each other these days, I think, and it was kind of done in that vein, so it was pretty cool. Uh, Pierre Lebrun, he checked in with Joe Thornton uh, about, you know, uh, whatever, the situation stuff, and he asked him about playing next year, and Joe said, I have years to go. He replied via text, so hopefully we'll get Joe for another couple of years. Uh, Joe's good for work, but I'm not sure everybody else is because hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash chicklets. ZipRecruiter sends you a resume to over 100 of the leagues. Uh, I'm sorry, 100 of the web's leading job sites, but they don't stop there. ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employees who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, our listeners can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash chicklets. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash chicklets. That's C-H-I-C-L-E-T-S. ZipRecruiter.com slash chicklets. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Um. Because you had a pretty pretty good tweet the other day that got people uh, talking. You asked, uh, which celebrity would you want to be locked in the apartment with for two months with no technology? Yeah. Someone replied, Ryan Reynolds, and he wrote, he wrote, he chimed back, uh, wrote back, welcome to hell, which is a fucking funny reply. And then I try to butter him up a little. It said, oh, I was in a movie with your wife, and I own Deadpool on fucking digital. But we didn't hear back from him. But if he listens no. to Ryan Reynolds, man, we'd love to get you a handsome well, ass. Well, I asked him someday. to come on the podcast. He's, uh, he's my fellow Canadian. So I I said I said hey come on the Spit and Chicklets podcast I'll even uh, I'll even pro- pro- promote your gin if I get the okay from New Amsterdam vodka. Thank Whitney. That. Shout out to us. With I mean um, uh, our biz. The best part of that was when he didn't reply, and then you replied with the Carlton Bank shooting and just missing the shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Like, like I waited a full day, and I'm like, come on, bro. I know you see it. Like everybody's acting on it. Like whoosh. Absolutely. But, Nonetheless, you I can't even I, chuck a like on it. Yeah, like come on, bro. Like give me a little love. Like I love that way he did. Uh, Blackfish, the documentary Blackfish, unbelievable. I'm a big Ryan Reynolds fan. 
Yeah, Deadpool um, was fucking hilarious. He was great in that. You know what they say? Never tweet your idols. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, that's they don't say that. They don't. That was a good one. Yeah. Oh, fuck. That was me. a very good one. Another handsome. Oh my mother- god, this Taylor- weed, this is a good strain of weed over here. Taylor Kitsch is another handsome Canadian we're trying to get on too. So any listeners who are pals with him, let them know we want we want to get him on as well. Yeah, any famous uh, Canadians that want to come on, Alanis Morissette, let's get her on. Let's find out that song she wrote and 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 uh, sing sang. Excuse me. Was about that hockey player. I, I thought it was about Dave. I thought it was about Dave Coulier, the guy on Full House. I know, but I also heard a rumor it was about a hockey player. So yeah. I'm like, I want to know. Atlantis <laughs> Morissette, let's go. I don't know. Uh, what other famous? Kid? Oh, you know who should we we should get on? Who I could probably get a hold of is Tom Green. Very interesting guy, and he, he was a big Ottawa Senators fan. He's from Ottawa. I he used was to like love the, origi- the Tom Green show. I think it was on uh, MTV. Yeah, but he was huge on he, MTV. So he got that into was stand-up. so funny. Oh, we met him. I was playing with the Coyotes, and we were in Nashville, and we always had a couple days off there. Shane Doan would go out. The whole team would go out. That was the spot. He loved country music, Shane Doan, of course. We go out one night, and Tom Green's in the bar. So him and, and – uh, Adrian a coin like are like shooting the shit and he's like hey we're gonna get him tickets uh, like so we came we, we went out and smoked some weed with him <laughs> so we had a fun night with Tom Green so uh, I went and ended up seeing his stand up the next like three years he came back to Arizona because he would always do the loop excellent he transitioned perfectly into stand up like every time I went to the show I was dying he is fucking fascinating human being we need to get him on this fucking show. I will say that these. Oh, these... you know what we didn't talk about was Big Cat with maybe the best tweet I've ever read. In that, I'm paraphrasing. Um, we didn't. We weren't ready for for this shelter in place because what we should have done is have every single team play a game that is. Uh, they have to all have to sign NDAs, and the games never showed. So that if something like this ever happens again, you have you have games from every year. Like I think he said, imagine if there was an NBA game from 2006 that nobody knew the result to that we could just play right now and watch. That is an unbelievable so idea. Every, the team has to play a game or two every season, then you'll never find out so the they, results and nobody's at the game. Maybe they put some type of financial compensation on, on it where it's played in preseason – before the regular season starts. So they're still like, they're actually like it's pandemic games. Yeah. Cause like that's like the best shape they'll be in. And then, you know, they're not going to do like middle summer. These guys are gonna be like out of shape and shit. It's gonna be like boring to watch and they got to have incentive to do it. So that, yeah, that's, I think it's mid season. Just boom. They disappear into a (laughs) dark arena and they come out and they sign NDAs and nobody knows. uh, Maybe they are doing that, and that's what they're doing at the Denver airport. And that's why they need all that crazy space <laughs> underneath. That's what they're doing right now. That's the, they're get, what, Did we ever talk about Ugh, that beauty. and how that airport has yeah. like oh, – Yeah, 9,000 conspiracy theories, and it takes yeah. up half of Colorado, yeah. I was going to say, I know everybody needs clicks these days, but can we stop fucking asking what the best hockey movie ever is? Because it's fucking Slapshot. I mean, I love Miracle, too, but there's not a better hockey movie than Slapshot. I don't even think it's up for debate. I know it's opinion, but, I mean, is, is Slapshot not the best hockey movie or what? Yeah, because it's it's so raw. It's like that's exactly how the, what those leagues were like, and that's exactly what those guys look like. The, the type of different situations going on with, like, the local fucking drunk and the – that that to me that epitomizes any over any sporting movie 
That couldn't be more accurate of what it was a professional hockey in that fucking league. So yeah. it, it's 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 fascinating. To, I I can watch it every day. I I love it. I did when I was a fucking teenager, and I think it gets the edge because it's so so goddamn funny. I mean, like I said, I know Miracle's a, a great movie, but the, the laughs and slap shots. So many different uh, little storylines in it, like the fucking uh, like the organ player puck off the head shit. Oh, yeah. Fucking, like the announcer, the the TV where the hooking and the, how they start. It's fucking crazy. It, it, was, it, was, it was genius. You got any any other stuff, boys? You want to address? Oh, um, I didn't. Uh, I didn't talk about the Saskatchewan Rush. They had this like because I was with uh, the Vancouver Warriors lacrosse team, and I was rooting for them this year. And they were going to play on the road into Saskatchewan, and they get like they have a crazy fan base, and they have like this old grandma who's like a super fan. And she was like swearing at me, calling me out <laughs> online. So it's like awesome because these leagues, like they need a lot of promotion. So they don't give a shit. They'll fucking do whatever. <laughs> so they got a grandma being like, hey, Biz Nasty, you fucking pussy. Like, <laughs> like a grandma. <laughs> so shout out to the Chicago Rush. And I listen, I, I get everybody trying to gamble with me online. Like, hey, I bet you this. I bet you that. They, there was this guy. Saskatchewan's one of the best teams in the league. Vancouver's had a couple injuries and they're having a tough season. Dude, they were going to go in there and get murdered. So this guy's trying to bet me a thousand bucks. So I was like, ah, fuck, I'm not doing this. I I might as well just fucking donate the money to charity myself. Or the East Coast Hockey League Emergency Players Assistant Fund. Boom, there you go, a thousand bucks. Because I didn't even, I don't even know what the cause he said was. And I'm like, ah, I'm not going to look into this. I don't even know if this is like, uh, you know. So a thousand bucks, boom! Out of my money, ECHL player relief. There you go. And that's eleven fifty between Actually, me and you. Wait, I'll match your buck fifty. I don't make as much as you guys, so no, you're, I, you're, I the, I'll, I'll match your buck fifty, Wit. Just you know, for starters, hey, I'll, match right. I'll match that's it too. I'll match it too. That's thirteen hundred. That's that's fourteen fifty. Math genius over here. All right, and, all right, boys. Uh, oh, go I got sorry, a couple bit. more things here. Uh, <laughs> God, I didn't. I forgot to say the word of the podcast, and it was ostentatious. Okay. Ooh. It's characterized uh, I mean, by vulgar or pretentious display. Okay. Vulgar, really? So my brain has, is fading a little bit. I'm, I'm having a hard time right now in the moment trying to think of how to use it in a sentence. Now, help me out here, boys. Could someone use it in a sentence for me? Tell me, what it's, tell me the definition again. I'll use it in a sentence. Ostentatious. Characterized by vulgar or pretentious display. Oh, you know what? I find that the USGA is far too ostentatious and they need to fucking tuck in their sweater vests, go back to the clubhouse or whatever the fuck you guys call it. They need to rally up and vote back on this decision after hearing your little fucking ranty rant. Or, Thank you. Or maybe I'm the one who comes off the top ropes on Twitter and starts getting a little ostentatious no we don't need that we need gentlemen and and ladylike emails and tweets this is unfair let those players play in 2021 all right is that hashtag let witty play that was very magnanimous of you though biz to to offer that but boys we're approaching approaching godfather godfather part two uh time right now so uh i think we should probably wrap it up because g's gonna be up till about seven last comment for those of you who are really really bored marble racing 
You I'm hanging up. See you guys. Marble <laughs> Racing. Love you, Wit. <laughs> Love you guys. As always, a huge thank you to our awesome sponsors. Of course, our friends over at New Amsterdam Vodka and Pink Whitney. They've been doing it great for us. It's awesome. Check it out, if especially you folks in Ontario, now that it's there. Uh, big thanks to EA Sports for taking care of us as well. And a big thanks to Zip Recruiter for sticking with us. We, we uh, appreciate you guys very much. Check those sites out if you haven't. Thanks, folks. Have a good week.